Exactly. She was too hot. Okay, that's what sucks. How can that possibly suck? I'd be psyched if I got in with her. You got like two dozen hand jobs. Yes, and three quarters of a blowjob. And who's counting, Evan? No sleep till. <laughs> football fire uh do it do it again a end it did i go too early uh, I, I was gonna press but hold on one second i think there was another one there i think there was Through and then we'll, I can cut that over the other one, and then I'll close out on wherever you want me to close out. Let me see where that fucking thing went. It doesn't matter. I'll get it. I think. So how far back do you want me to go? Um, just go to ten minutes before, and I can just slice them together. Ten minutes. Upstairs. This way. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. Oh my god. Upstairs. There you go. Good girl. Jesus, you got me big, Tudini. <laughs> There's a small. Joint. I haven't really There's smoked much today. There's Usually, I've already joint. like puffed at least once, and like, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just relighting me oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> okay, so it doesn't matter. Just as long as we go <laughs> so before I'm... that song, because then I'll be able to edit it, the song so, together. Okay, the well, best. All right, so then uh, just wait till it goes no sleep till Brooklyn. Right. There, yeah. there was no Brooklyn. There was no Brooklyn. It's just no sleep till. This is good because right. right when I press record, I realized that Apple thing came up. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 21 of the 2015 offseason. This is show 185. We're only 15 away from 200. That's sick. Um, basically, on this podcast, we are going to be doing uh, 50 days until kickoff. 
And what's going to be that? It's going to be a potpourri of uh, fantasy football and NFL stuff. We're really just going to do a round robin on of a number of topics. Literally, the list here is incredible. And just have some fun and talk fantasy. Um, we're going to cover all the gamuts and all the different subject matters instead of focusing in on one. So we like to do these kind of nugget, uh, fantasy football nuggets and dropping some knowledge, giving you the goo uh, and uh, across a myriad of different subject matters. So, as usual, I got... Houdini to the left of me, cross the way I got stag party, Dogmatica to my right, I am D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and uh, I think all of us are pretty excited to talk fantasy football, it's a beautiful night, and uh, let's fire some stuff up, fellas. Yeah, we've got a second headache, it's called No Sleep Till Kickoff for us, <laughs> that's, that's why we got the Beastie Boys open it up. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. No sleep at all. We were, I was looking at the to-dos on this and getting ready for the season. Man, this summer flew by, or spring flew by, and man, we're going to be drafting and watching NFL games in no time. We're already drafting. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Sure we'll be talking about that in a little bit. But, true. Uh, talking about no sleep. Uh, so, <laughs> last week, I, I wasn't here. I had a date. <laughs> and uh, I, I got a question for you guys, and I, I'm not quite sure how to take this. Are all women impossible to read? I just, I, I gotta ask that question. I'm gonna really. plead the fifth. <laughs> okay, all right. So yeah. For one who finally got a slight read and is living with her now, I, I, I'll give you that one. Yeah, they're impossible to read. I have an excellent I'm definitely well, not gonna I'm, answer that question. Here's the truth <laughs> if they're not impossible to read and they're, or they're too into you or they're showing all their signs and being an open book, not unless she's a knockout or there's some really congruency, you're not going to be interested in them. So they fuck with you so that you, to keep you to keep you in and engaged. The minute they, they you're like, oh, I got this one. You're like, you're they know that your eyes is looking somewhere else. No. All right, and <laughs> that helps a little bit. It helps a little bit. You're a man, so no matter what, you think logically. So you may look at a situation one way. That's not how the situation is being viewed. Okay. And, and logic does not win. Uh, we just lost five female listeners. So. Yeah, we lost five. Let's remember, this is Dog Annika, and this is Team Pyro. I'm not sure we think uh, logically at all. <laughs> uh, maybe it's football, but we're talking about girls. We're talking, I think we talk, think logically when we're doing beers and when we're doing fantasy football. Uh, otherwise, drugs. Yeah, yeah drugs. Big drugs. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anything uh, you guys want to just get into some some stuff here? Some um, sure. Let's let's talk about some of the big news today with the two uh, two of the best receivers in the league finally at the final hour. The the sand glass was uh, was was nearing its end, and Des Bryant uh, and Demarius Thomas both signed essentially the same contracts. I think Des Des got a little one point five more guaranteed or something, um, but. Awesome for both teams. I think they're worth every penny. Awesome all, for fantasy owners. Yeah. You don't have to even think about it. Think about everybody was sweating over there. NFL 10 picks with Des Bryant. It, it caused some heat and it caused some uh, ripples through the fantasy wire with, oh, I'm not going to be there. Uh, mad respect, hashtag, you know, whatever, truth or whatever he said. <laughs> Well, is anybody fact. really that worried, though, to be honest? I was, I was not worried. I mean, no. Jerry Jones, they, they have the money. Yeah. They're going to give him the money. He's already basically had pledged to him at the end of last season that we're going to get something done. So I, I wasn't surprised. The, the, the money per year was right on. Spot on. Spot I think on. they did that right. I was actually surprised that it wasn't a, a year or two more. Yeah. To five, be honest. Five years seemed kind of short. Five years seemed kind of uh, short. We're trying to I would have tried to lock him up and pay that guaranteed money out the first couple of years. He tweeted but, an image tonight saying, Cowboy for life. 
He's, he's well, going to be around. So, I mean, that was a no-brainer, too. Was, is, is, there, is there a player option in there? No. No, I, are you sure the fifth year isn't the player option? No, no. I guess, I, actually, I didn't read that either. I so, thought they probably so would have put Five years, and then how, how old are they at, at that point? I think Demarius is 27, so yeah. he'll be 32 at the end, and then Des is pretty much either 26 turning 27, I think. Yeah, same. So, so same both. age. They'll both be 32, but that's still, you know, a couple of years, maybe a prime production that you're going to have to pay another $14 million they'll get, for. They'll still be young enough that they'll get another team to, to give them a sucker deal to, to finish out their career. Oh, for sure. I mean, Andre Johnson you like better in fantasy football or as a player? Because in this podcast, we're going to talk about some guys we like and just talk from fandom standpoint. Out of those two players, who do you like uh, best or better? Well, I'll tell you, it's actually complete opposite on both questions you ask. As a player, I'm a big fan of Demarius. Um, uh, the kid plays it the right way. He's humble about everything he does. He's, he's uh, very good with his teammates. Dez is kind of an overbearing soul out there. And, and, and granted, it works at various times, but sometimes it, it really doesn't. I think it turns a lot of uh, some teammates off, at least. But as a, a fantasy player, this year especially, I do like Dez more. What about, uh, what about like, you? That's just the way it is. I think I, I like I think I like Dez more. I, I'm a big fan of Dez and just his. Overall demeanor while on the football field. I also like, you know, the strip club side of Des, but that's that's that's, no, that's a time and a place. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got. They don't show it in any of the pictures when he's celebrating, but they got him shackled. There's a there's a chain and a ball <laughs> on that right foot. Just the nastiness he plays with and how he's fighting for the ball and then can just destroy like cornerbacks trying to tackle him is fun to watch. Like yeah. anytime you can just watch Des Bryant get a like short like one yard curl thrown to him, uh, it's exciting because it he, he does this like lean, body lean and then the guy can't tackle him because he's so like thick up top and he just he's gone. Whereas Demarius runs like the the best like uh, wide receiver screen I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean that kid at six foot four can run like the wind. The way that Manning puts it right on the numbers, right in his stride. I mean, that guy's gone literally half the time he does them. <laughs> it's it's that much fun to watch. Hey, Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again? That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. And I don't forget how Dez is just dominant and how dominant he was with a, a running back doing what he did in DeMarco Murray. So now you're going to take away this, you know, and I don't worry about him taking on double coverage or even they, – they will find always a way to get him the ball. And he makes, as you said, stacks like a ridiculous plays. But now he's going to get even more opportunities or he should get more opportunities because you're not going to have a, a running back that you're going to sit and give 27, 28, 30 carries to. i I, I got to say, though, a, a couple of years ago he had a problem with that. Um, they were really throwing some hard doubles at him, and he was having a tough time separating from it. And he went through a pretty big lull. I think they started to figure out how to get him the ball uh, later on in the season. But if you remember, through that whole middle part of the season, he was, I don't want to say non-existent, but he wasn't the Dez that you want on your fantasy team. Uh, I, he's gotten better over the last couple of years. How was he in the so fantasy I, playoffs, though? Yeah, fantasy playoffs. I mean, that would be a whole different story. And then what has he been the year before the fantasy playoffs? Yeah, he's usually a dominator. The year before was like when he like like took everyone to to the champion. True, yes, that's so, true. So you know, it's just here's a guy too that it, it, it's they both have older quarterbacks too, right? Okay, it's Romo, it's Manning. You, you know, 
but if I look at schemes of teams, and especially for this year, Des is my number one on my tiers, you know, and, and I'm he's the guy who I, I most covet that I really want. I, I love my team every time that I come away with him in the first round. So uh, I, I hope that that happens for me again this year. Nice. Um, well, that's a, that's a big piece of news. Uh, another piece of news that uh, you had you had talked about, uh, Stag Party, is the fact that Yahoo's going to be doing daily fantasy uh, sports now. Um, tell me a little bit more about that briefly. Uh, it's the same thing as DraftKings and, and the other uh, the other one that we like, uh, FanDuel. Yeah, I think they're going to get it. I think they're a little too late to the party. I think these guys now have it dominated uh, a little bit more so than a couple years back. But they're trying to open, you know, the doors. Uh, I just don't know how, you know, payments can work through them. I, it's yeah, I'm sure they could figure it out. Even though they should have probably figured stuff out, you know, ten years ago when they got surpassed by Google. Yeah, I, I will <laughs> say though, it's better late than never with this sort of instance. You know, as opposed to pregnancy, better late than early. Guess, you know, but it's <laughs> better, late, better matters, late than Sears. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, though, is that you, they needed to get into the game. There needs to be a little bit of variation, and because Yahoo is such a big name, I think that just because they're late doesn't mean they're not going to start to dominate maybe in four, three, four years or something like that, because they do have a handle on how to uh, widespread their, you know, they've got, their I, I, they've got an audience, too, and a bunch yeah. of people that use their emails and their sites, so they're going to exactly. be able to just I, I, inundate people. I, with just, I hate their fantasy interface, Yeah. so I just worry how... This daily fantasy interface is going to be so. I don't if, know. if they like rank it, how if they price it, how they rank it, though, I'm be able to make a bunch of money. You remember those teams? Right. We, oh, right. You remember those because teams we drafted well, last be. week? They'll, yeah. they'll be using their own uh, their own yeah. rankings. So actually, that's right. We love you, Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, can CBS get into something like this or no? Not really, because they're more of a network, and while. Yahoo is more of like an online. That's a good question. I don't that's know. A good question. I yeah, but, they, they could. but there's but there's CVS dot whatever CVS sports dot. The only reason why I say is they play the games. There might be some sort of conflict of interest with the NFL. Uh, I don't know. But oh, that, I, see, that's, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, that's interesting though. Exciting. So, all right, let's go into a few a little roundtable here that I think could be cool, and I, you know I think it'll help me as well as our listeners. Um, you know, give me some a little round robin, a little round table of some sleepers that you've got and some deep sleepers, um, and we can tell more of an updated list than kind of the stuff that we got in our draft kit. Uh, version four is coming out um, eventually. Eventually, <laughs> hopefully this week. We'll see how we're doing. Um, and yeah, version four is going to be sweet, sweet, sweet. A lot of great additions to it. I just submitted my tiers today. Dogmatica and Houdini and, and Stags had already done theirs. We've got a, 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 all characters are going in there and just updated around the board. That SOS is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, the characters you got to check out. I, I went through and added pretty much everything I could find today. And, you know, they, there's a lot of cool looking ones that are different and unique. So hopefully, uh, you know, updated jerseys and things like that. So the dolphins all look pretty sick. Yeah, dolphins are dope. And Ray, they're all awesome. Uh, JH man, Justin, you you killed it for us. So thank you there. Uh, awesome. Just let me just give a quick pyro promo. Go to iTunes, give us uh, a review and a five uh, a write up uh, a review and uh, give us a five star rating for the show. If you listen to us on a regular basis and you haven't gone over there, you're sick of me telling you this by now. So just help your conscience out. Take the elephant out of the room or out of your ear 
bud and let's just go there to iTunes if you're not on iTunes you can go to Spreaker and uh, follow us there and give us a thumbs up there we're pretty hot I'm actually going to be surprised on, um, on Stitcher as well I was looking at our metrics there we had we deleted some podcasts, so now Stitcher. I just resubmitted the, the new uh, RSS feed, so we have been down there for about a week, uh, a couple weeks maybe. Um, but that should be back up anytime. But if you're an Android person, you're not or you're not an iTunes user, you can go and use those apps on your Android. You can use them on your iPhone. I do, uh, but there's best of worlds for every everyone and wherever anybody's listening to this stuff. So um, cool. Who's going first on a sleeper or a deep sleeper? And just, you know, let's not go too How in about depth. we uh, read a review? Okay. Oh, yeah, read a review. So, uh, John W. Freeman says, My new go-to podcast with the five-star thumbs up. Five stars in general. Uh, I used to have about 15 podcasts on my rotation until I discovered you guys about two months ago. Hands down, the most informative, insightful, and absolutely hilarious podcast in the history of fantasy football podcasts. <laughs> I'm not funny. <laughs> These guys have taken things to the next level and set the bar tremendously high for the rest of industry. Uh, Pyro is my go-to podcast. Also purchased the draft kit and, and love the deep detail, especially the strength of schedule, Dogmatica. So at least you're thorough, apparently. Yeah, I'm just if not you're not funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two buddies to subscribe since I've been spreading the word. More to come, I'm sure. Keep up the fantastic work, and of course, Val Verde. Because a vagina by itself is just kind of like a tree falling in the forest alone. Like, it doesn't really make a sound, but the tree is on its side. <laughs> I, it's, you know, I, I, I'm going to need help with that later, too, guys. I hope you guys understand. Hey, all right. Well, part of the, our nuggets here are going to be helping dog figure out women. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeper <laughs> number got, one. Sleeper. Yeah, you got Superbad to guide you through. Yeah. Yes, Lucky thank you. God. Oh, you. You're going to be an expert. For, for, for uh, Superbad. So, um, I'm going to actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to throw out two of them. I'm going to throw out one running back and one wide receiver. Uh, the first one I'm going to throw out is a name that I, I guarantee you would never hear coming out of my mouth until this last month. And you still haven't heard it come out of my mouth yet. Doug Martin. The guy was an absolute dominator a few years ago. And you can't forget that. I hear so many good things about him lately. And the way that he has kept his weight in check and put it back down to a point where he's shifty again. Um, he's working well within this offense. And now they have a quarterback and a couple of wide receivers where you can't just sit there and pay attention to the line. Um, I think it's an interesting call. I, uh, believe me, I still like a Charles Sims, but he didn't show me much that rookie season. And he doesn't have the weight or um, the wherewithal to be a, a carry-the-load type of back. They're going to go with Doug Martin one last time, and I think he throws it all in. I, I just remember what he did a few years ago, and it was sick. And, what the, and it's not just sick. His eye test passed mine. Way back when. And uh, the guy can actually get it done. So I think he's just somebody you, you watch out for. He's, he's dropping, like, you know, flies down in the uh, IDP. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thought. I'm just throwing that out there with Doug Martin. What is his ADP? ADP. ADP. I, sorry, IDP. It was, uh, got fired up. Yeah. Do we know what he is? I can find it here. We're looking for it. Calm down. It's, it's pretty far down there. Like running was back, wasn't, running was back 34. Yeah. Well, 34? Yes, sir. Where's Sims at? Sims is at 40. Mm -hmm. So he's still going ahead of Sims, but only by like 20 picks or so. So there's not really a big discrepancy there. 
depending on the scoring format, you know, you can choose between either one. But I have seen Sims going before Doug Martin in a lot of drafts. I do have Sims ranked higher uh, currently, but it's starting to, you know, flow back the other way. And Doug Martin's starting to push his way back up, and Sims is falling back down a little bit. The news has only been good on Doug Martin. And, yeah, I, I have so It's a lot of recency bias that he's getting pushed down so much. But if, if we look long-term and the things he was able to do, you know, we're looking at Jay Ajayi's numbers from college. You remember Doug Martin was his predecessor and, you know, was a first-round draft pick. And he's got the pedigree and he's got the size. He can do it all one through third down. He can pass protect. So I just hope that they kind of, even though it's a totally new regime there, they give him one more full shot. And I hope he can run with it. Well, they're, they're giving him the shot, but he has. They, they took his legs out from under him before the season started because they didn't pick up his option. So he's playing for his life at this point in time. Exactly. You hmm. know, the other good news that he has, too, is he's playing under Lovey Smith. So, um, you know, and he's got a, now a, a beware of Mike Evans. You know, so you got Mike Evans, and you still got Vincent Jackson. And you have all these guys that were rookies last year along with the rookie quarterback, but he has more protection from other guys that can make plays. So, And, and plus, defenses are not going to go into the season respecting Doug Martin anyway, so they're not going to necessarily even feel like they're ever going to need to put an extra guy in the box. They're always going to want to use that other guy on Mike Evans. So yeah. it's going to open up holes. And he, he was a receiver too. And who plays defense in that division? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me throw a receiver in. Okay, go for it. How about Charles Johnson? Yeah. You know, this guy... No idea why he's fallen so far in ADPs. In ADP right now, he's, he's 103rd overall, 39th amongst wide receivers. You know, and where's Mike Wallace? You know, it, He's it, at like 30. He's at 31. So it's not like anyone's sitting here really and respecting Mike Wallace. And, and, and the other thing to me is it's almost like it's a complete disrespect of Minnesota and, and what they were doing there. And Johnson was under the radar last year, just put up really good, solid numbers down in the second half of the season. And you project what he he's going to do. He's a guy that was never given anything to him as he was coming up the ranks. So he's a, he could have been kicked around and, and like had to make a name for himself. He's like the modern day Keenan McCardell. So that's a guy who you know is only going to be doing all the things necessary in the offseason to make himself better. He's got a guy at quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater who was taking some real nice steps toward the end of last season as well. You know that they're working together in the, in the offseason, and they already have the rapport. So while Mike Wallace, who we all know is going to end up blowing that thing up, <laughs> Charles Johnson's going to be the same. By week course, one. He usually does it week one. And you're going to be able, to, you're going to, be able to snag him as your wide receiver four. Oh, yeah. Well, two things i got to say here. One, with AP on that team, uh, the play action and the quick slants to Charles Johnson are going to be insane. insane. Absolutely insane. Because you can't just you can't play back at all. You have to bunch the front or AP is going to run all over you, and you know that. Yeah. Um, second thing I want to say is Mike Wallace is the self-professed fastest man in the league. Yeah. I'm not so sure he's the fastest man, man on his own team. And much less even in the starting lineup. You, 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 you think Charles Johnson's faster than this guy? He's just as fast. One of what's crazy about this is to your what you were talking about how he is a hard worker. He's been he's ha, hasn't been handed anything. He doesn't even have a lucrative contract yet. He's been on what four three or four teams, yep. and finally he got his crank his slot last year. The one thing about it, this isn't like some 
Keenan uh, McCardo or some guy that's like 5'11", you know, who works his butt and makes it. This guy's got a body, as dog would say, of the gods. Yeah. You know, he runs like the wind. He's got everything. And he's got, what, a 6'2", 6'3", frame. This guy passes the eye test. Add that to a guy that's working his buns off to get that big contract and to show that he belongs in the league for the long stay. It's got everything. It's got all the makings of a, of a, of a Cinderella story. This is a story. Absolutely, I, I'm a huge fan of the Charles Johnson here, and the fact that he's going so low is is kind of a shame. The fact that Wallace is still going ahead of him, I think, is an even bigger shame because, I mean, uh, yes, in, in North Turner's offense, that long that deep threat is going to get a few deep, you know, passes thrown to him, but it's not an overwhelming amount where he's going to be a fantasy dominator. You look at what. Uh, someone like a Malcolm Floyd did, or in the past, or and he was still going deep. Yeah, and yeah, that, that, I mean that's the role that Mike Wallace is going to play is the Malcolm Floyd, and what's he going to get? Uh, 45, 50 catches for eight hundred yards and seven TDs. You know what role? that's Wallace for you next year. I'm, I'm guaranteeing it. You know okay. what role Johnson's going to play? Uh, Josh Gordon, Vincent Jackson, Josh Gordon role. From, from the, his big year, that's exactly was, from, from Cleveland. Absolutely, he was with, uh, that's exactly what's going to happen for him. So I, I'm a huge fan of Charles Johnson over Mike Wallace in this situation. That's a, a great. I, the thing is, to me, it's not even a sleeper. Uh, he was my deep sleeper last year. To me, he's not even a sleeper this year. He's an obvious pick, and I don't even know. I have no idea why he's going so low in ADPs. Cool. I got, who's I got got, who's that guy? Got? I think we've we've got him as. Top 30 collectively, and I think we've all got him ranked ahead of Mike Wallace. I've had him on every one, every draft and mock I've done, he's been on my team. And it does sometimes it doesn't look sexy after a mock when you see his name there, but, but when he's a fourth receiver, receiver, it's yeah, sexy. Fifth receiver. But, but I'm, I'm super, I've had him as my third. I had him in one league that we did, he was, I think, he was my second. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't look great on paper, but that guy is bona fide. He's gonna be bona fide, he's absolutely. gonna have a great season, and obviously, uh, Bridgewater needs to progress. But AP back, give me a break. Yeah. Um, Who do you got, buddy? I got one. Unless you got one there, Stags. I got, I got it. Um, and uh, this is another blast from my my past that I've uh, always been high on. And I think you guys, I know I you guys. Think, want... I don't think this is the show that you want to come out about all this stuff. We just let's save it for another one. We'll stick it to girls, and we'll ask us questions on that. But let's not bring a blast from the past. So okay, that cool. All right. So I've always been on this guy's jock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> um, I know you guys love his athleticism. I know you guys know that if he was on a different team for his first three years of his career, the guy would have been freaking amazing. But now he's got the QB to do it for him, and that's Kendall Wright. And it's, I know it's something you guys haven't heard from me yet this year, but I'm telling you, the kid is athletic as you have seen in the NFL, and he has never been put in the position to succeed. You get a Marcus Mariota out there throwing the ball and creating plays for him. This is going to be interesting. I'm telling you right now, this kid is going to be interesting this year with a real quarterback. He hasn't had shit yet. Not, he hasn't had a, a pot to piss in. He hasn't had a lane to run in. He hasn't had anything going on for him. Mar- Mariota is going to be able to create plays and open up that whole offense. And Wright is going to take advantage of it. It's... Is he going to have a 1,500-yard season with 10 TDs? No. But I could see 1,200 yards, and I could see 8 TDs, and I could see a couple of big blow-up games from that guy. You watch. This kid has all the athleticism in the world, and I'm about to get my ass kicked on this one. (laughs) 
Yeah, but when I was wearing your dad's pants last night, I realized that if I wear pants that are like a little too small, it might encourage me to lose a little weight. And also, chicks can kind of see like, you know, the borders and outline of my dick a little. Yeah, man. They go nuts for that male camel toe. Yeah, the camel tail. It's, yeah. it's right. I know where it is, where it happens. <laughs> Charles Johnson. What's everybody staring at? Yeah, yeah. I don't know Charles. Who gets more, like more disrespect? Is it Charles Johnson or is it Kendall Wright? Because Kendall Wright finished his wide receiver thirty-seven in standard, standard scoring last season yeah. with a crap show of a quarterback situation. Played in what fourteen games? Didn't even play a full season. Finished thirty-seventh at receiver and. His numbers, while not the same as they were during a sophomore season, still much improved in certain areas, like what, scoring touchdowns. What was his yards per catch, though? Twelve and a half, which was, which was up. Better. Yeah, right. Which was up from his previous two years. And, 9.8, 11.5, and 12 and a half. So it showed that, hey, Wizen Hunt can get him the ball a little bit differently and you know, actually use his athleticism a little more. Let him get out in space. Because we know he used to be knocked for being a PPR guy or whatever. And hey, that's still pretty good. Receptions eventually lead to points. No matter how many yards you get, the more receptions you get, the more points you're going to get in the long run. Yeah, you'd like him to be averaging like 13 or 14 a catch, but hey, everybody's got a nitpick. But when you're drafting a wide receiver 5, ADP is 52. 52. Unreal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, a, it's a steal at 52. 52 in the wow. Yeah, 52 among wide receivers. That's crazy. The only thing that you have to keep in mind, though, is that it's not going to be a guy that you can project double-digit touchdowns for. Oh, no chance. Be- because of the rookie quarterback situation, you know, he, it's it, at a high end, it's, it's probably going to be more like three to, to six at, at a high end. Six is probably the high end. But yeah. I like Dom's yeah, call where he, he can throw up two explosion games. Yeah, and he does well, have and that he'll kind be a of high catch He'll be a high-volume catch guy. Yeah, oh, he definitely will be. I mean, I wish that the running back situation had changed a little bit. They got, I wish they had gotten somebody who could run better than a five flat fucking forty. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Sankey's better than advertised. A guy that it's a, a sleeper, deep sleeper uh, for me that I've kind of been um, gravitating towards. I think it was someone you were pretty high on early in the game. Is Buck Allen? Uh, oh, yeah. Buck I'm Allen. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm really liking what I see there, and I just think. We know for set he is going super high. He's like top, you know, 13, 12. 12 he's twelve uh, in ADP for set. Why wouldn't he be? The situation after with, with Tresman, uh, um, that awesome offense with a Flacco winging the ball around, with a lot of sturdy uh, pieces in place. Why wouldn't it be great? But the truth is, uh, for it didn't get it done anywhere else. All of a sudden, he explodes last year. I don't know. Maybe in camps this year, you get a you get a you know a, a Buck Allen. What's his name? Javarius. Javorius. Javorius. Javorius, yeah. Um, if you get a Javorius at Allen um, crushing it and just showing that he's he's 6'1", he's big, he can catch, he can block, he's everything. Um, so I just could really think that this guy, as camp goes on, and Tressman and, and uh, Harbaugh are getting to know each other, they might be looking at each other and winking every once in a while and be like, oh my God, this Buck Allen guy is going to really eat into the carries. And he might outwin, out win the job outright, and we know that Forsett can get injured too. So big fan of what I think he's going to be able to pull off. He's got to get the opportunities. It's a little bit, you don't know what you're going to get with a rookie, but that's a sick situation, and he, he slipped. I usually like to lead into it, but I'm really thirsty. Val Fire! We're finally going to get our drinks on. Chicken, chicken, yeah! 
going to have to remove some of the art in this <laughs> The point that I was going to make is for everyone that's like, you know, on the fourth set, and the fourth set's going to take this next step. I hearken to the point that he's 5'8", 190. He's not a big guy. Harkin. I am. Once a show. I'm harkening once a show. So um, you got an early one this time. So. Good, good. Uh, but again, this is not a guy that you can trust to take the pound, and that's why they went after the bigger guy in, in Allen. One who I went after? Val uh, Verde. I'm McLovin. Woo! I am McLovin. Woo! McLovin this Val Verde. I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking tonight. I got a Ballast Point Brewing Company. That's from down in San Diego. Good, good stuff. Um, I'm drinking the Grapefruit Sculpin. Sculpin's one of my favorite beers that they do a year-round. Um, I don't know why. It's like the most expensive Indian pale ale that, that around. These things are 15 bucks a six-pack. But Jeez. so yeah, so tasty, though. And this uh, Grapefruit Sculpin, I don't know if it's going to be a year-round deal uh, or if it's just going to be a limited run. They don't really say on the bottle here. But keep up whatever you're doing, Ballast Point. I love what you throw down. Soup, yeah. Have, uh, grab a, I, grab a, I need a taste of a two I mean, and a half dollar bottle of beer. Yeah. What does a what does a seven dollar nine dollar shake taste like? <laughs> it's weird. They, I don't know. For whatever reason, they seem to think that good. their products are the, the ingredient. They say the ingredients they put into it are more expensive. So, amen. If you can get it, wow, do it. But yeah, Ooh, how good's wow. that, right? Yeah. Oh my so God. it's a very grapefruity taste, like grapefruit. Uh, IPA. Wow. So good. What are you drinking, Deanie man? I'm uh, pretty much the opposite of that. I'm uh, drinking the Victory Storm King Stout. So another one of my lovely Imperial Stouts. Victory, a great brewing company out of Pennsylvania. Uh, solid beers all around. So uh, this is my this is my go-to standard IPA. Or I'm sorry, uh, Imperial uh, Stout. When I when I just know I'm in. Uh, no hurry. I'm in, a, or I'm in a hurry, and I just need to get it and go. I just grab the Storm King. Does that uh, mean get it in a hurry at the store, or you need a hurry to get a bus? I'm hurried to get here for a podcast, and I don't have time to sit and go through all the other uh, different bottles that you know, you've seen me have. Like Got the it. Abbey, uh, uh, Serpent Stout, and stuff like that, but... Got it. Stag party is on. He's got some nice. Uh, what is that? Electrolyte uh, water. Electrolyte water. Good stuff. Yeah. Good and dogmatic. Right, so I, I got. I got another question here. And I'm, ladies. Uh, yeah. I, I'm. 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 Oh man. I'm gonna regret this one. Um, <laughs> what does it mean when the girl I'm dating drinks better beer than I do? Everyone drinks better beer than me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It doesn't, 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 doesn't mean anything. anything. All right. Uh, just, it doesn't mean right. anything. You be who you are. Love what you love. But if you started rolling into the show with IPAs and like stepped up your game, I'd be pretty happy for you. Yeah. But so what, yeah. What is she, she doing? What, what, what's she drinking? Uh, I don't know. Lagunas uh, or something. You know. Lagunas. 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 I love it. The Skokie Lagunas. Yeah. <laughs> I drink with it. Maybe that's why I'm drinking Coors Light. Coors Light. <laughs> so at the world record, uh, our boy PK Ripper put on Facebook um, for Pyromaniac, our page, facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac, put a picture up that the single sitting world record for beer drinking was Andre the Giant. What did it say at 153? 176. 176 beers. Oh. It was insane. <laughs> one sitting. 16 gallons or something. It's the, world, it's the world record. Oh, my God. And you, you've seen what a, a, that golden can looked like. It was oh, like, I, when I you watched, see that, it oh makes sense. God. It's like a little Dixie There's a couple of documentaries on him. And his drinking was just legendary. Legendary. Like... He'd sit there and just palm a bottle of Jack or whatever. Just, just, you can just 
put it down. Did you see the other guy that pounded the other guy, the viral video that's out right now? The guy unopens and uncracks a bottle of Jack, a normal, what is that, liter bottle or whatever? Fifth. Uh, fifth. Uh, the normal bottle. And pounds it literally in 10 seconds. Guy's a hipster wearing a Mumford and Sons shirt out in the back. And literally, the guy does it in 10 or 12 seconds. All right. Let's I remember get... my fraternity days. Wait, no, I don't. <laughs> you were told they were fun. Jesus. All right. Let's don't and then we're going to get our drinks on and we're going to party and get crunk and brought out, dude. <laughs> let's throw out some more uh, sleepers and let's, let's throw out another, Bruce through them a little bit quicker, but let's throw out another four guys that, we, that we're liking um, and, and then we'll move on to some other subject matters. Uh, uh, anyone got one? I'll stick. I'll stick at the wide receiver position. Yeah, do it. How about uh, our guy Ruben Randall? You know, this yep. guy is. Where's is he sitting right now? It's like in the sixties. I, I want to say at, at wide receiver, sixty seventh oh at God. wide receiver. Why is that? It's ridiculous because the, everyone's assuming that it's all going to be Odell Beckham, and then you're going to have the return of, of Victor Cruz, and and then Ruben Randall's going to be the forgotten guy in the offense. But the fact of the matter is, he's still going to be on the field. And the other fact of the matter is, you can't trust that Victor Cruz is going to become back at 100% health. And you can't. He's not going to. He's not going to be 100 this year. He's not. And Larry Danell was never He'll play good but in the first place. No, right. he sucks. <laughs> he's just his great. He's against, showing. Wasn't it, he was not getting picked. At he's all. fantastic, good. but he plays he the Washington Redskins and is able to catch the corner fade. <laughs> yeah. But now you got ODB and Ruben Randall to do that. So why do you even need Larry Danell to do that? Some yeah. of the numbers that you guys are saying. If ODB gets back on the field. I mean, that kid seems to be always injured too. Right. So there's that, uh, that, my bus uh, Twitter e- a tweet that I did that I won't put pull down that gets <laughs> re-resurrected once every two weeks by someone laughing at me about it. We'll see. Could come mm-hmm. back. I like it. Could be a one-hit wonder. I don't think so. I like it. The thing is that Randall progressed, and he's actually he's getting better. He's really uh, hitting the top spot and grabbing. Um, Catches up there in the air where he should be yeah, instead, yeah. yes, yeah. which was a big problem of his in the beginning. Um, I, I do like what he's uh, he's going to be doing this offense, and it's going to be a high volume offense this year. Uh, last year they were just getting used to it; they were just implementing what was going on there. It took them about four or five weeks to figure out what the hell was going on, and then it started to explode. And granted, yes, a lot of it had to do with ODB. But I still think that the offense progresses regardless, one way or another. And I think that Randall's going to be a big part of it. I agree. I 100% agree with you on the hands part. But I think the other biggest factor was ODB in the sense that hits his fellow LSU Tiger. Yeah. So now here's a guy that he comes in that he already respects and he's like, you know, he can work with him immediately. And ODB can help him. And that's maybe why you started to see him not let the ball bounce off of his body yes. all the time. And then start going out there and developing as a receiver. Well, I did uh, episode three of the Pyro Podcast Light uh, with Mo uh, earlier in the week. You can listen to that. Check it out. It's Stag Party and uh, Mo's show. It's awesome. It's a shorter version. Go check it out. Listen Love to it. those. It's a good, good. Um, I, I've been, I was on that one, but it's gonna. I'm not going to be on normally. Uh, yeah, good, good stuff. But we were talking about PPR guys that I really like, and Jarvis Landry is one of them. And I'm not going to go on a Jarvis. We can go on a Jarvis Landry. Landry's my sleeper. But really, what I'm trying to say is Randall, ODB, Landry, uh, Dwayne yeah. Bow. Name all these. There's names some other awesome. These guys coming sure. out of high school are the elite of the elite. They know they're going to go to one of the top five programs. It's going to help them get in the NFL. They're, th- these programs don't take some guy that's okay at wide receiver. 
Ruben Randall is a high, high recruit. I don't know what his rival's uh, you know number was for wide receiver when he came out of high school, but I promise you, he was the top five guy in the country. So this is a guy that's been awesome for a long time, and as you said, he progressed. Yeah. He got Peyton Manning, or Eli Manning, excuse me, who we love, and he's got a guy that's now taking all the double. He's never had the double teams. Even when Cruz comes back, he's going to be the slot, and they're going to they're not going to push him too hard. Randall could be sweet. You I mean, mentioned real quick. You mentioned Dwayne Bowe. I don't want to talk about him, but he's a deep sleeper for me because nobody's taking him at all. Yeah. And he's going to be the number one there, and he still has talent in the fucking half. He's going to get the targets. Just mark my words. He's going to be a lot better than people think. Go on. Question. How old do you think Ruben Randall is? 25? 37. <laughs> he looks like I'm going young. He does I'm look going 37. young. I'm saying Ruben Randall is 23. He's 24. But he's been in the league... He's got three full three, seasons three in the years, league, yeah. and he's entering his fourth. And he's, yeah. he's still 24 years old. Second round He was pick. one of those guys that went after they won the championship, right? Like oh, the yeah. whole team really won the championship, yeah. and the whole team was like, all right, Randall. I'm out. Let the new let, let the How new many targets did Ruben Randall have last year? This is what blows me away. I know it now. It's like 130, 140. 127. Okay, I was going to say 118. but How many games with over nine targets did Ruben Randall have last Six? year? Six? Higher? Nine. Nine. Nine games with over nine targets. And he started catching a better percentage of the balls towards the end of the season. And then he had those two breakout games at the end of the season where he put up, what, 290 yards and a touchdown over the last two games of the season. And if you played him daily, you loved him. If you somehow had him in your lineup uh, the last week of the season, you loved the guy. And he's just, you know, at his draft position. He's an absolute steal. Dude, and on a you're Sunday, who doesn't love a good Ruben, man? Hey, no doubt. But quick point on this, too. This is almost kind of like the new NFL, right? You're saying now he's had three full seasons, so he's entering his fourth season. The problem why he falls so far in drafts is that people expect you to break out. As soon as you hit it, hit the ground running, or, all right, it's by year two now, you better show something. Yes, Kendall Otherwise, Wright, Ruben you know, Randall, Michael Floyd. All of these guys who are like entering that fourth year of that rookie deal... They're all not the new hotness anymore. And they're the new notness and being forgotten. And, hey, thanks for the value pickup, boys. Exactly. It's not the because, third year. Because it's the fourth year or the second year or the first year. Never the third year, guys. That third year receiver thing is bullshit. Right. No, and the, the whole year thing that doesn't Sorry. necessarily matter at all. Animated but what, what's, what's great about when you're thinking about sleepers and values and, and, and guys that you can get, when you're talking about this far deep in the draft, you're talking about these type of guys who are still parts of their offense. They are not not like you're looking at guys who have disappeared and they still have potential because they're all under 25 years old. So you're betting on a guy who has to bet on himself. That's another thing that you're getting because they're playing for another contract that's coming up. They know that they need to step up their game because they're all all the other younger guys that are coming in. You know, sometimes what these guys, because as you said also, D-Rex, yes, all these guys were prima donnas as they were growing up and, and, and all the way through the system because everyone loved them. But... Now it's a matter of they're getting pushed to the wall. Put up or shut up. Shut up. Yep. Well, aren't both? Wasn't both AJ Green and uh, Julio in that same draft class? Yeah. Yep. So you look yes. at that and you see that the two guys that have done the immediate excelling, they were much higher touted players. But I still think Ruben was a second round pick, second right? Pick. He second was. round pick. Um, the second round. So pick. you know, I agree. This guy's got he, he's he's got a lot at stake here. Uh, so and he's on a good offense and. 
I don't think there's any. If he's going that late and he's got nine game, games and nine targets, nine times, nine times, uh, it's nine pretty, it's pretty impressive. Times. A guy I'll throw out quickly that um, you know we're all kind of he's been shooting up our tears in the tight end position. Tyler Eifert. It literally just took one video of me. I mentioned it on a podcast uh, last week, so I'll, I'll make it quick. Eifert. Maybe I'm, you guys shoot me down, and I'm like, Jimmy Grant, he's the next Jimmy, he's the next Jimmy. And you're like, this team throws 200 times less per <laughs> season. I'm like, all right, Jimmy Light. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I just love what I'm seeing. Um, he's just fast. He's big. He's a highly uh, drafted guy. He makes he every catch in the stud at, at Notre Dame. And he's 6'6", and runs and cuts and just... He looks insane, so if they can figure it out and get this guy the ball and he can stay healthy, there's no reason why this guy isn't going to be one of the biggest, uh, what's our ADP uh, piece that, that we have in the uh, in the draft kit? You, when you uh, look at return it, on investment. The return on investment. <laughs> this year, I promise you, in, 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 in nine months from now, seven months from now, uh, he is going to be one of the highest guys in the tight end position on return of your investment. The middle of the field is going to be so wide open for him. It's unbelievable. You got Jeremy Hill, who you have to stop at the point of attack, or else he'll just bowl, he'll bowl through you, and he'll be gone. Uh, A.J. Green on one side. Marvin Jones, who's back, who could stretch a field. It's going to be difficult to guard those three guys alone. That takes away the, the, the whole middle of the field is wide open for Eifert all season for long. The biggest and guy on the field. He has yeah. no competition for who's going to attack his Gresham's position at, 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 as a receiving tight end. Yeah. Yes, they drafted I think what Croft, at least two or three. There was two, if not three, tight ends. Yeah, but they're all blocking Blockers, guys. Yeah. So Eifert is expected to be that guy. He'll be where they line up. They'll, maybe they'll go to a three tight end set at one point in time, and he'll be the third guy off the end who's releasing and going into the open part of the middle of the field. Move him up because if twenty fourth amongst hits, tight ends is, is an ADP. If, which one? Twenty fourth amongst tight ends. That's insane. Ends. And if he hits, like I, we all, I all believe, we think he will. Maybe it's not absolute domination, but it's just all of a sudden puts himself on the map. Uh, I do think he's the second best receiver to AJ Green on that team, and he's going to be a huge target. If he does, just you know, look out. This guy next year is going to be that. He's, he's going to be high on people's radar. Why not be have the foresight to take him now? And one thing we know from our Scott Fishbowl, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Our draft that we're doing, and we got Eifert really late, like really late, fourteenth or thirteenth round. Um, you know, guys, why did the tight ends were going the. Before him, that I was just shocked on some of these guys. I think Donnell was one of them. Um, but at the end of the day, what I do think is happening with the tight end position, and Dog Manica, you've been saying this throughout this Scott Fishbowl draft. Like, look, there's a lot of talent at the tight end. There's a lot of talent still at the tight end. There's a lot of talent still at the tight end. So while I was yeah, doing is. mocks and I was going high on a, on a on an Olsen or something in round five and earlier la, earlier this month or last month, no need. There's no need. There's no. a lot of talent in tight ends. It's, it's, but that even pushes him back so much further that you can get an Eifert literally in the in, in 12 to 15 round. Here's the point. I think that's gonna, he's going to start moving up more and more. But I want to go to your Greg Olson point. When you're talking about all these guys, you know, it's like they just say, okay, well, I guess Gronkowski is the only guy that's worth paying up for. But what do we say every time we look at a team that has Gronkowski as their first draft pick? 
It drives me nuts. Uh, it's terrible. I don't like that team that much. No. Uh, you know? But, but even at that end, where you've got um, you know, the, Olsen going five or six, then Ertz and, 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 and Kelsey are in that same zone. Ertz is a couple rounds later than, Ertz than is the, in the than eighth the, round right yeah. now. So the, Kelsey's, Kelsey's six, five. five. So, so, so tell me something. Would you rather have Greg Olsen and Eric Decker or Randall Cobb and Tyler Eifert? Done. <laughs> that, that's what I'm asking you right now. Done. Done. Yeah. Or or, or T. Y. Hilton and and and, and Eifert. Yeah, even go a little bit worse. Even go like Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson or, or Andre Kelvin Johnson. Benjamin or yeah. something. And 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 Eifert. What well, I know is basically like saying because the difference at tight end is like saying oh it's like you got the Rams I got the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Remember, Eifert played what? Parts of one game. I think he played like two series. Yeah, he still got six, six points. He still got six fantasy or third. No, oh, in a PPR league. In PPR league, yeah. Three for thirty-seven. Caught all three of his targets, and that was pretty much in the first series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hugh Jackson is the offensive coordinator, and I think he made what Zach Miller had had like eighty catches. Yes. So. It's a good point. You just kind of think about, and you know, they had some decent receivers at the same time. We were putting up decent points there in Oakland, uh, so he's going to get his chance. And of those kind of smorgasbord guys, you could take between you know eight and tight end, you know, twenty-two almost. Like it's all just guys. Eifert's at least a guy with upside and you know proven sort of talent. So he's a he's a guy. I'm serious, to... real talent, serial not just talent. Yeah. not just like plug and play. Like, all right, he's a body that works within the system. This is a kid that, given the chance, can be a dominating tight end. Imagine Quick Travis guy. Kelsey from Quick, last season. Exactly. At least. Quick much. guy that I'm gonna piggyback on him that I've just been reading about and saying he's unguardable and he's fast as hell and he's just a, a, a freak. And may, I hope I'm not stealing anyone's thunder here, but I just another tight end quickly that's in that same zone. Eifert's ADP right now is 24. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, yeah, 26. In that system with with the uh, with the uh, Winston. I don't know. They're just saying this guy looks really, really it's sweet. It's also a tailor-made system for a tight end, strangely. Uh, it, it just it, it didn't work out last year. Uh, Safarian Jenkins was too, it was too young, too green. didn't Too quite, injured? Yeah, too injured. And, uh, you know, it's just it wasn't the right, uh, wasn't the right time for him. Now might be the time. Um, again, it's... Listen, I, I don't want to... Actually, a rookie quarterback is kind of good for a tight end. But I don't know if it's good for a breakout tight end. Uh, I, I'm thinking next year is going to be Austin Safarian Jenkins' year. This year will be the year that he gets on the map. He'll catch like 50 passes, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and have a breakout game, one big one where it's like everybody's like, oh, wow. Right. He'll show he'll flash the potential. He'll flash yeah, the potential. Exactly. Winston does love him some tight ends, though. Mm-hmm. In, in the last two years, Nick O'Leary, who was drafted by the Bills like the Sixth round, something real low. Not like an elite athlete or anything. Uh, 81 catches for mm, like 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. If I remember correctly, I think that he actually targeted tight ends more than any other quarterback in all of college last year. Hmm. I, I, th- I, I think it. I remember that correctly. I'll take a look at it real quick. but uh, it's, He's a big tight end guy. So uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, Jameis does this year. 
I do, I, the, all right, enough I, of this. Bull, I, no. I didn't giggle. <laughs> I didn't giggle. You, you giggle a lot. Just, just got finished with this uh, monster drink. Right back into right back into the tight end. Go ahead. So, what's it like to have guns? Mm. It is awesome, McLovin. I mean, like, it's mind blowing. I haven't had one for long, only a few months, but I'll tell you, it's like having two cocks. Yep. If one of your cocks could kill someone. <laughs> 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 oh. Alright. Um let's throw one one more tight end in there that's right in that same zone as all of those guys. Uh Charles Clay. Yeah, I'm i I've been high on Clay. I I have been too. Uh he's way up my charts, way higher than most everybody else has him. Um Buffalo didn't pay him a, a shit ton of money for nothing. Alright, they they gave him a, a massive <laughs> amount of money. Val Faraday. Sorry to interrupt you. I just had that. That's right. No, that's okay. I had it. It great. Play it out. Play it out. I wasn't thinking. No, not you. Tasty. No. I'm talking to the, the, the yeah, beer. Because you, you screwed with me on that Sorry. one. Sorry. Yeah, totally. You know? Okay, everyone. Prepare to be fucked by the long dick of the law. Get it out. <laughs> yes, sir. Prepare. I paid. I paid. paid Chuck Clay. Um, the, I have him. I, you, I have him ninth. You have him tenth. Yes. Oh wow, you admired me. I have my That's awesome. Me. I love it. But you guys both love them together. You guys are high. Yeah, so. I just don't think there's. <laughs> is there enough balls to go around? Is the only question. Uh, I, I, as soon as Manuel passes to Watkins or uh, Harbin or whoever else is there, he'll throw, he'll overthrow, he'll underthrow, he'll be like, fuck it, I'm just going to the tight end. <laughs> and literally, it'll happen game after game after game, whether it's Ta- uh, Tyrod Taylor or. or, or Whoever else is going to be quarterbacking that team. That's the way it's going to be. It's going to be tight end city. They paid Charles Clay a ton of money. A ton. And uh, believe me, if well, they, didn't, they, they wouldn't have done that if he wasn't worth money? it. Yeah, that, it was like that, 20, that, that no, had to deal with it. But It was like $28 million for four years or something. Part of, part of it was also to drive Jeez, up the price for what Gronkowski yeah. uh, going to get. You know, there, there was, I, I think part of it was that. But... Look at look at the fact that he had two years ago he had sixty nine receptions mm-hmm. on one hundred and two targets, so and that was you know in an, in an offense and he's staying in the same division so he knows all the all the play people that he's going to be going up against, yep. so you can kind of accurately predict and again like you said with EJ Manuel who you know does not throw as consistently to the other positions he's gonna he's gonna look Scott Chandler had some very nice games uh, in in Buffalo. So and he's not a great season. A very good receiver. <laughs> and he doesn't have, have any, any kind of speed either. None. And so you're now, and he had big, long, open catches and runs. Yeah. So now you're going to see what Charles Clay can do in that offense, and, and where you're going to get him at. It's it's a ridiculous. The reason steal. why a, a, a player becomes an H back, which is what Charles Clay basically is, is because they're an insane athlete. Yeah. It's because they're big, strong, fast, smart, and can pretty much do whatever you want. And, and that's, they that's said, what Charles Clay I don't thinks. have a definite position for you, but you're playing on my team. So. Pretty much. That's why they call him the H-back. It sounded yeah. like Daisy for a minute until you said smart. And I was like, oh, wait, hold on. She's <laughs> Nah, she's smart. Here's the thing about Charles Clay. Like, all good things. Yeah. I just don't know if there's enough balls to go around. But he's still being underdrafted as tight end 22. Oh, God. Finished last season playing, what, 14 games. Uh, so he missed two games. Finished as a top 16 tight end. And, you know, his numbers were a little bit down off across the board, but he still caught 600 you know, yards. He missed a couple passes. games, though, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He missed two games. 
Let's yeah, move Mr. on. Two games and we're still sitting. Real quick, the kicker on Charles Clay, easiest strength to schedule in the league. There you go. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to another position um, and, and quickly knock out a couple more. No, you think we got enough there? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's, let's uh, who's your favorite ADP value right now? We kind of interspersed that with. Uh, um, you know, all, our pretty much all those people we just mentioned. But, but, but we can probably you, find some yeah, more. Yeah, find a couple more ADP. I really like Jar- Jarvis Landry's ADP. is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's like wide receiver 31. I think he'll exceed that pretty easily. I, I, I'm i not sure he'll be a huge breakout, but I think he'll be a wide receiver 2 in pretty much any format. And we said PPR, he's uh, he's a whole different ballgame. Uh, any other ADP guys that, uh, that you're into, Houdini? Um I mean, I just think, again, what, I, what I'm saying is when you're especially looking at where you're, we're in those tiers where we're talking in the, from, you know, where we were saying at 38, Charles Johnson to Ruben Randall in that 60 zone. You're going to have interspersed in there a lot of guys that were better players a longer time ago and where people are, you know, looking at names. I never like to draft those older guys there. I want to get the guys that are still having a trajectory that's going up. So find those younger guys that are just finally getting into the right situation. You want to know here? Here's a deep sleeper. If you're in a, in a, in a big league, and I know you like this guy too, D-Rex. How about Cole Beasley? You know, and I, I don't have where his where his ADP is right now, but it's I, probably I, off the charts. Probably it's it's ridiculous. So, and he has a rapport with Tony Romo. I, that. And with Des Bryant being signed, and again with the situation that they're not going to have the running game that they had last year, Beasley's going to be the slot receiver for the team. I agree. I think that's I think that's a really good one. I really like Carson Palmer's ADP. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit a couple weeks ago. But I just think having all his targets, they got pretty much three receivers with right around 100 targets last season, interspersed between them with you know terrible quarterback play uh, outside of Carson Palmer. When he did play, he was great. Uh, when he played Larry Fitzgerald was great. Uh, when he played Michael Floyd was great, and John Brown was also great. All th- they kind of mixed and matched games, uh, which you know will hurt you in some fantasy leagues. Which are, if you're playing a best ball league, you know having one of those guys on your team is not bad. They've got the long distance touchdown ability, all, uh, especially Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd's got a great pedigree, and he's sort of being overlooked in many drafts as well. He's just one of those guys who didn't break out last year when he was supposed to. But when Carson Palmer played, he was having a pretty great season. Yeah, and John Brown's another guy. I think he's 51st amongst wide receivers. So Yeah, you guys are, you guys are making me keep an eye on him uh, with your... I remember when he came out, he was just hanging out the whole time right on... He was a shadow of Carson Palmer and learning and learning, a sponge, smart kid, all the talent in the world. And we saw some of, in his rookie year last year, he made two of the best catches of the entire season. The guy has the flair to just go out there and make it insane. That one touchdown catch he made with the dot that he laid out flat on dough for it. You remember that thing yeah, last yeah. year? That was sick. And I also like Carson Palmer, or not Carson Palmer, I also like Colin Kaepernick and Jay Cutlers. That's why I'm, they're like 21st and 22nd in monkey bees. So that's why I'm willing to wait. If I can get like two of those guys or even just one and then stream because they're going to be on the waiver wire, I, I like it a lot. Uh, I mean, you know, Jameis Winston is still going like six spots I like ahead a of Winston. these guys. I like a Winston. Um, the guy that I... You, wait, you know what I like though? I like a Val Verde. I should buy Becca alcohol? Yeah, then we pimp. That way you know she'll be drunk. You know when you hear a girl saying like, ah, oh, I was so shit-faced last night. I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. 
The guy that I'm I've really taking is, uh, <laughs> yeah, we all have. We all take advantage of the moment. Good times. Um, James White, New England. It's a, it's. There's a shot that the guy is garbage and it doesn't get hot any, garbage. Any anything? Yeah, hot garbage. He could be, but it's 72 is his ADP right now, wow. running back position. If that guy, if if. Now that they can't deflate these balls anymore, that team, Legarrette Blunt, if he if he fumbles quickly and they give this guy a shot and he rises to the top, it's ridiculous. I think taking a flyer on him where you look at where Blunt's going and where this guy's going, what if? He could he's the kind of guy that kind of will sit on your you need to keep him on your bench the whole year because it might be something that doesn't start until week eleven. And that's friggin' annoying. I know that. If you're in real short bench leagues, might not be the guy for you, but if you draft a lot of rounds and you know, whatever, the whole there's a few guys that I like to stick around that what if the other guy that you know I won't mention uh, his ADP forty seven, Nile Davis. I like his ADP as well, if if he gets in. I like I like Nile Davis better. I just worry with you know James White. It's like the, the history of Wisconsin running backs is is Melvin Gordon gonna buck the trend? I don't you know. Yeah, I don't think. Melvin but his sophomore season and they went high on. Wasn't he a second round pick two years ago? Or was it fourth? I don't think he was that high. I think he's maybe a third or fourth. White? Yeah. No, it was a little later than that. Let me. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting his name. We'll see where this guy went. I think it was fourth, but it, he went high. Maybe a second. Fifth. I'm on Fantasy Pros. Fifth or sixth. Ah, uh, maybe. But uh, anyway, I like his auction value is one dollar. His auction value is one dollar right now. That's a worth. That's worth a one dollar flyer for freaking sure. I, I just like. I, I, mean, I like his Jonas Gray the same. Yeah, I also like Jonas Gray because I don't think James White will ever Fourth get round. a carry on the first or second down. He's a I think fourth, they, fourth I think they envisioned him as the replacement for Shane Vereen, and they were thinking a year ahead, and they drafted him. That's exactly so, what they did. But, hey, even that guy still has value as a change of pace back. Kevin Falk, Dan, Danny Woodhead. Don't you, hold on, one thing. Sorry to interrupt. What is your thing with Bill Belichick? Yeah, exactly what you think he's go- he, he did, did or what he's going to do. He, he does the opposite. Does. You yeah. just said that's Absolutely. exactly what he did. So he did the opposite. Yes. Well, that's also yeah. why. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? <laughs> that's also why you have to throw Travaris Cadet into the uh, mix there, too. You never know with Belichick. And Cadet, they actually picked up purposely just in case White wasn't the guy. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Here's a guy who I, who I know is the guy on third down and who's barely being drafted in any league who I want to talk you guys into for the Scott Fishbowl later. This is Nate Valverde. Yeah. yeah, and why don't you just wear what you wore to school? No, I can't do that. I can't let Jewel see me when I wore to school. It's completely unbecoming. No one's gotten a hand job in cargo shorts since Nam. <laughs> I got a lot of them. I was a cargo short guy. Yeah. Lance Dunbar. Oh, we're we, old enough to be a Nam, though, so. <laughs> we know Lance Dunbar has a role, right? And we know it's just the third down back. Yeah. And we know Darren McFadden's injury prone, and we know that Ryan Williams is coming off a torn patellar tendon from won't like four years ago. Won't Probably make won't make the team. Lance Dunbar is going to make the team as the third back, and he's got the third down roll from day one. And, you know, they caught like something like 85 passes between the running backs last season. So, Lance Dunbar is definitely a guy I will target late in PPR drafts. As a guy who, if he gets you know sixty carries to go along with maybe sixty catches, he will be a value. And 
you know, that late in drafts where he's like your last pick, and you're talking about what if, what if, you know, the guy who's rising on everybody's boards right now, Joseph Randall, gets injured? You think it's just going to be Darren McFadden all day? We, we've seen Darren McFadden try to go all day. He can barely make it like, you know, one series at this point in his career. So Lance Dunbar is definitely a guy I like, especially in PPR leagues. I got one more guy, and I'm done with ADP. If you guys got a couple more, throw them out quickly, and we can move on to the next thing. Stevie Johnson. I just like, I, I, I got to be honest with that. He was sweet. Three years ago, two years ago, he didn't have a good year with uh, the Bills. He wanted, they needed to get him out, and then he, he didn't really do all that much or make a name for himself in a crowded wide receiver situation on a not-great passing quarterback team in the Niners. I think now, especially with you know the games where you got Gates out and you look at Floyd, we know what he is. Allen, there's a lot of question marks. Even though I like the the, the I like where what he's going to be able to do, I believe. There's just something that shows me as a slot receiver that Stevie Johnson, the man with the pierced cheek, is going to be much better than his 66th at the wide receiver position ADP. I mean, could he get 100 targets? Easily. I mean, he's stepping pretty much right into the Eddie Royal role. And Eddie Royal finished, what, 32nd or something about wide receivers last season? Uh, You know, he's got double-digit touchdown potential. He's got thousand yard touchdown, uh, thousand yard potential. potential. He's got you know seventy five maybe catch potential. So maybe he catches. But he was the most passes. consistent receiver for the was it the first three years of his career. You can yeah. basically pencil him in for seventy eight to eighty two catches for a thousand to to eleven hundred yards and about like six to seven six to ten touchdowns. Yeah. And he he's, like, guys, he's not going to be a ten, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know if he could, he's done it before. You know, How many receivers well, can claim you know to have a double-digit you know, one thing about him is I think he, Here's the interesting thing, though. With Gates having the suspension and everything, too, you know, now this is a situation where, you know, Ladarius Green is not, like, a guy that you're going to be targeting in the end zone. And if Melvin Gordon doesn't prove that he can actually be the guy that can run the ball consistently at the goal line, then that gives Stevie Johnson potentially a, a bunch more opportunities. Yeah, I, and I also think he's been humbled. He he did have a great break. He right at right in the league. He's having great seasons. He was definitely, I think he was he was a Pro Bowler at least once. But he was a good he was a good player, and then kind of dropped off the face of the earth. And I think uh, it probably humbled him. Hopefully, and he's a hardworking guy. Uh, I, I, I like what he. Can I mean, do. they're gonna throw it five hundred and fifty times. They're, he's gonna complete sixty six percent of his passes for like you know three hundred and fifty to three hundred and seventy percent of the rivers to get like the offense, and then he's gonna throw about thirty touchdowns. Those are all. Those all have to go somewhere. He's a third receiver on a good offense who's not being drafted. Like is he a third receiver? I think he's the second. Uh, no, Malcolm Floyd. No, Malcolm, Malcolm Floyd's Floyd. the second. Stevie Johnson's the slot, like, though, slot, which yeah. isn't a. Actually, I mean, Malcolm Floyd is Malcolm Floyd. That's just what he is. He might finish finish as the second wide receiver in scoring. I think so. But he's the de facto third wide receiver. Malcolm already declared that this is going to be his swan song. This is his last year. Uh, He'll go all out, and he'll get the exact same numbers he always has. Uh, I think that Stevie will come close to tying him or beating him. But it's definitely, that's, that's what's going on there. It's Keenan Allen's show this year, and I think he's going to be a stud. Let me segue over quickly, because I know it's a guy you like a lot that's on the same team. Woodhead. You look at Woodhead's ADP, it's a guy that I know you're talking about, what we've been mocking on some of these shows lately. We're doing that Scott Fish, and that was a guy that you were like, you know what, in this kind of format, 
uh, we should really be be looking at him. I agree. I mean, what? Is, tell me a little bit about what you're thinking with Woodhead ADP. I mean, he got injured last year. If he didn't get injured, he, he would have been fine. He would have been probably running back 25 and type PPR type scoring. Actually, he wasn't doing so hot. Uh, his rushing average was way down, but he sort of looked injured on the field while he was playing. Yeah. I don't know if he was battling through it the entire time, but he's just going to catch passes. They've already declared, hey, we think Melvin Gordon could be a third down back, but we don't need him to be a third down back this season. Uh, so that's one of the things you're kind of looking at. And just what he did the previous season, you know, was awesome. In standard scoring, he finished 19th. He's always the guy that's just top 25. <laughs> it's sick. He's top 25 every year, right, yeah. dog? Yeah. All the time. He's right. always right at 25. Right at 25, right. right. But he's right always at 25. ADP at like 40, 40 to <laughs> yeah. 50 oh, or yeah. whatever. No one wants this little guy. Right. Well, the thing is, is that it's, it, white, it's white racism. It's, it's because it's, it's, it's a widespread thing. He's consistent, but he never gives you a blow-up game, yeah. really. And that's kind of what you need on your fantasy team. If you're looking for overall points... Or a, or a PPR style, whatever, absolutely, Danny Woodhead's your guy. But in, in general, if you're looking for the week-to-week type thing, he, he's just a, he's your, he's your uh, uh, who's, who's uh, Derek Mason. That's basically what he is. He's your Derek Mason of running backs. And I mean, that's, in, that's what he's going to get. In 2013, he caught 76 I wonder what percentage of our audience targets. is going, who the hell's Derek Mason? Uh, <laughs> over half. <laughs> Look whenever, them up. Whenever I say it, go to Michigan State. There's this thing Never called yet. Google it. Yeah, Google it. Google. If you don't know what we're talking it. about. Google Same it. Same thing. I brought the Peter Cardell, so there you what go. The fuck you know. is I hope, Google? I hope they're li- while you're listening to a lot of the stupid things we say. What, you still on the Yahoo? It? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. I Yahoo. Drink Yahoo and I Google it. I dogs, dogs on Lycos. Don't you remember the the logo's a dog? You still looking for advice, Doug? I used to work now, I'm going to throw one last super-duper sleeper out there. And it's something that you really should be paid attention to because I drafted um, a guy on the, on the Colts last year that pulled through for me because of a role that was needed and was excelled at. But he's not there anymore. Ahmad Bradshaw. Josh Robinson is the guy this year. A rookie. He's got so he's he's a little bowling ball basically. He's about five eight five nine, but he runs about two seventeen two twenty. Um, yet he can catch the ball and he can run the shit over people. Uh, he's he's basically a a mini MJD, but with the passing chops of Ahmad uh, Bradshaw. The kid isn't isn't end all be all, but I'll tell you that Dan Boom Heron ain't the end all be all either. Frank Gore is running on his last legs. If it just so happens he goes back to an injury played, you know, career that he had before last uh, handful of seasons, well, uh, Cook, Josh Robinson is a definitely a name to remember because it's on a high-powered offense. Another thing to keep in mind too, when you think we're talking about Frank Gore, yeah, he's 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 a higher uh, head coming in here, but at the same time, he's also going from a guy who's played his entire career home games on grass. Yes. Very and now different. he's going to a dome. Yes. He's also going from playing in San Francisco, which, you know, in the winter time as we get there, that's actually a, a, one of the nicer times around San Francisco. So it's not like it ever gets freezing cold there. He's going to get the cold of of Indianapolis. So what that does to your bones and your joints and everything when you're when you're his age and and, and doing all the things that he's normally. Well, Granted, they play in a dome, but it'll also be. You don't. You don't. Practice. You gotta go. You gotta leave the dome at some point in time. Absolutely. Go just just walking home yes. sucks in Indiana. 
I'll tell you that. It's happened yeah, a few Chicago. times. Be a real, I don't in, live there. In Indiana? I mean, those are some long walks. Yeah. <laughs> Those, Those rural walks. walks are real long walks. Yeah. Like, holy no, no, crap. No. I have eaten well, some bad corn. Yeah, and you walk by a lot of roadkill. Yeah. Um, all right, let's 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 segue this out. Good stuff on the ADP. Um, that's, a, that's good stuff. And also, take into consideration before the sleepers and deep sleepers, ADP is involved with all those guys as well. Um, Stags, you brought up something in the pre-show about um, favorite new stats. That you're using uh, this off season or this uh, heading into the 2015 fantasy football season. What is a stat that you're really digging on these days? Team ball distribution, QB ball distribution. I mean, just seeing where QBs like to throw the ball. Some like to throw it to the tight ends more. In the case of an Alex Smith, some like to feed their wide receivers like it's their job, like a Colin Kaepernick. Some refuse to throw to their running backs like a Colin Kaepernick, and some love their running backs like the Saints, uh, like the Detroit Lions. And just keeping that in mind when you're kind of, hey, you know, Amir Abdullah is only going to be the third down back, well, and he's going to get some carries, but hey, they throw it to the running back so much, they make an effort to get to, to the running back, that you're just thinking, Amir Abdullah's got some chances for some big things, and just kind of using the way that the quarterback just spreads the ball around to your advantage. That definitely works out for a lot of different teams, too. And it's not just, I mean, obviously not just Detroit, but, I mean, you look at something like New Orleans. You know, obviously that's a huge advantage for somebody like a Spiller. Um, or you, you look to uh, Philadelphia, whatever, of the recent past here. Uh, it's, it's, it's obviously something you want to look at quite a bit, and I... Hey, uh, especially for somebody like an Amir D- uh, Abdullah, that's going to work out uh, just fine for him. I think C.J. Spiller is going to be a, a top 20 back this year simply because of the role he's going to be playing on that team, um, especially with the ball distribution, as you're talking about. And like the Buffalo Bills, an underrated team at throwing into the running back. Yes. And if you're thinking about, hey, why isn't LaShawn McCoy going to have a bounce-back season? When he didn't really catch the ball last season, when he wasn't really asked to, but you know the guy can. You know, you gotta like LaShawn McCoy. I don't like him more than some of the other guys, but I like him in the six to eight range. Uh, yeah. If he's if I can get him on the wraparound in round two after I've drafted a Dez or a Julio, butter. Yeah, butter. and I mentioned Philly by the way, not because of McCoy from last year, but Sproles. You know, I mean, obviously that third down role is a carved out role in Chip Kelly's offense, and he wants to do it a certain way there, and that's why somebody like a Sproles will work there, but. Obviously, McCoy, if you're a one-to-two down back, that's why I don't think that DeMarco Murray is going to catch that many balls this year. Uh, I think Ryan Matthews will catch some balls, and I think that Sproles will catch some balls. But it, I don't think Murray catches nearly as many balls as it did in Dallas, which also surprisingly passes the ball to uh, the running back a few times, too. As far okay, I think that's a great one. Ball distribution, it's a tab. It's his, uh, is it its own tab? In? Bonus charts. Bonus charts. It's uh, in our uh, pyro uh, the draft kit for the 2015 thing is a dominator. Pick it up, 20 bucks. Grab version three now. Version four is coming out real, real soon here in the next handful of days, and uh, you'll automatically get that and, ver- and the version for August and the last one that we do for uh, early September. St- uh, Houdini, you what's know, a stat that you're into uh, right now that maybe is? A new dealio or something you're really you're really psyched on. Well, one that I, I kind of look at for um, 
because again, it's tailored to what knowing your league. So my main league where we, we have our annual draft, it's a long touchdown league. And, um, you know, so I want to have the guys that can have the long scores. So I'm looking at running backs. I'm looking actually at two different stats. I want to see, number one, broken tackles. I want to know who are the running backs that are breaking tackles, what percentage of the time that they touch the ball are they breaking tackles, and then at the same time I want to see how many times, you know, what are the number of 20-yard-plus runs that guys are having. So who has the explosion factor? You know, there may be some guys that are breaking tackles and stuff, you know, like Alfred Morris, who gets a lot of 10-yard runs and stuff like that, but he's not breaking the big long ones, so he's not going to give me the, the massive touchdown points that I'm going to get from a 45 or 55-yard touchdown run. Uh, if I'm going to get one from him, it's probably going to be a short variety, which is only going to be like a four-point touchdown in my league. So I want to see who are those guys that are those major combinations because if you can score at that type of position, same thing a wide receiver. I mean, if you have wide receivers that, you know, you see, you know, like a Des Bryant, what he's able to do, that's why he elevates so high for me. I like nice. That. Absolutely. Nice. Um, you want you got one dogmatica? That yeah, you think I mean, you're, I, you're yeah, sure. I, I got one that I, I have been looking at the last couple of years, actually. Um, and, and it helps me to understand exactly what's going to happen in the beginning of the year and hopefully beyond just the beginning, like five, six, seven games. But I like to look at last year's second half of the season, last five, six games of the season, um, which you can you could pretty much program into a, a lot of different sites. Um, FF Today will do the last five games, last three games of the season for you. You can do it on CBS. You can do it. Exactly. You can do it on all those sites too, uh, and program in you know last certain amount of games or whatever. But I think that that actually gives you a good gauge on rookies. First of all, because the first half of a rookie's first season is usually crap. And when they're starting to try and get them the ball a little bit more, you can look at the targets over the last half. When they understand the playbook. Exactly. When they start to actually understand what the fuck's going on out there. And, you know, instead of just trying to go on athleticism, they actually understand what the NFL is about. It definitely makes a difference going into the beginning of the next season. Um, And not not just rookies, of course, but second-year, third-year players who are starting to get a chance, guys who... Uh, came on because of injuries that happened during the season. Guys who started with a new offense and are just playing sure. it for the first time. Absolutely. Like what happened with the Giants last year, going into a new offense. The Dolphins. Um, yeah, or if you could look back at what happened with the Bears a couple years ago with Tressman, just find out what's going to happen through the first part of the season for Baltimore this year with Tressman and stuff. It's, it's a, definitely a good idea to figure out stuff like that because it gives you trends. It gives you an idea of what to expect what not to expect, what's going to fall, what's going to uh, rise at that point in time. Cool. I got a quick one before you do your last one. It's just a simple one that I think you bring up the most. Um, I'm a big targets, touches, and looks guy. This you I'm, he's talking to is Stag. Yeah, Stag. You guys. Sorry, Stag Party. But uh, I'm a big guy on targets, touches, and looks. Um, but there's sometimes that can be misleading because guys that don't get as many targets um, or looks actually have a greater percentage of making the most of their targets. So one of the things I've been looking at more for wide receivers and even running backs, maybe for a PPR out of the backfield, is guys that can convert and catch, and you even mentioned, I forget who the player was that you mentioned, who caught, you know... Kenny Stills? Stills, yeah. You know, only nine, only missed out on nine of the uh, the targets that were thrown his way. Crazy. Uh, so... When you're looking at guys like that, it just shows you they know how to catch the ball. 
They know how to uh, make plays. And when the, when that happens, when you got a guy that you can, a, when a quarterback's got a guy that you can count on that'll catch the ball when he throws it, even if it's not accurate or whatever, but you just know the guy's going to grab it. And this goes back to the same thing back when we used to play intramural and with your friends. The quarterback throws to the guy that catches the best. It's like, all right, Jimmy just dropped two in a row. But, uh... Fuck Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy you're Jimmy's yelling at me. I ain't going to Jimmy anymore. He's yelling at me that he's open. I'm yeah. saying, but you can't catch. Yeah, you can't catch. I'm open every time. Open. They know you can't catch. So, you go to the other guy that can catch. And I think when you see those kind of percentages, look in on that catch percentage. And those are the guys that are catching with their hands or if they can get to the point of the ball. And I think it's an important, important stat. Because when you get a guy like that, plus the targets, that's when, um... Ridiculous. Symmetry happens. Yeah, symmetry happens. Magic. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This this isn't terrible. I mean, it's up to you, Fogle. This guy's either going to think, here's another kid with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. (laughs) Donate your organs. No joke on that. Sweetness. Greg Noonan. One more. Uh, So, one of the... I was going to kind of piggyback on catch percentage, but one of the ones I like a little bit more than catch percentage is yards per target. Guys who are just, you know, everybody looks at yards per reception first, but then there's guys who are only catching half their targets and dragging things down like a Kelvin Benjamin. But then there's guys who are catching everything and have a huge, huge, huge yards per target number. Um, so I like the, the congruence of catch percentage and yards per target, kind of using those together and you know finding guys a little bit deeper uh, at the wide receiver position who, if they got more, these would be the guys. And you could probably even project that for some of them based on new roles, role in the offense, you know, new offensive coordinator, different types of things like that. I love also what you said with uh, the guys that – after they get hit, still can extend the play so much. So kind of a convergence of all these guys. Des Bryant is amazing. Golden Tate had the most yards last year after getting contacted, after getting hit. So when you look at a guy and you've got a guy that can make a play after he catches the ball, Demarius Thomas is in that mold, so is Julio. Uh, amazing, amazing, you know, kind of uh, uh, forks in the earth. Convergences of stats that can really say, you know what, this guy's really ridiculous. Um, any anybody else got a, a new stat, or you want to go on? No, I think good. that's good. All right, cool. All right, here's where we're gonna go with this one. And you know, we're talking about a myriad of things, and maybe it comes back in the fray. Don't feel bad about that. But we've all been mocking a lot lately. We're all love certain players. From month to month, we've done our, our just all submitted our fourth version of our tiers. Think about how much movement and traction and up and down has been happening across the four positions. Um, it's pretty insane. What are you finding out in mocking right now? What is kind of something that might be, you know, a new a new thing for your manifesto or your draft strategy? What what is mocking showing you right now? For me, it's showing me that through the first six rounds, ideally, I want to have. Probably three wide receivers and three running backs. And Welcome to the club. Period. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a period in the story for me. That's, yeah. that's pretty much because it's, it, every time that I've mocked and I've taken and I've gotten the guy who I may want, at quarterback, an Aaron Rodgers or an Andrew Luck, or I, I get 
the the guy at, at tight end, you go for a, get a Gronkowski, or you you get lucky and, and Jimmy Graham slides to you at the very beginning of the third round or at the very end of the second round, something like that. I hate the team. You think that's lucky? No, that's why I'm it saying it. It is. It's telling you that it's gold, buddy. Right? It's gold. It's absolutely the wrong strategy to take this year. I think, you know, depending on where you're at in your draft, I, I personally like all the teams better where I've drafted the wide receiver first, though. I don't like my teams as much where I've drafted the running back first. When I what I always find out is I absolutely hate my team if I don't have a top eleven running back. And a top eight wide receiver, and AJ Green is my number eight wide receiver. But I know he could potentially finish number one, and that's something I want. I think all of my top eleven running backs, two hundred less passes the, than the. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. Fun, it happened before. It happened before, and I, he was on pace for a top five season last year, barring injuries he was. and missing the game and taking out the game where he got injured. Early. But that was also with everybody that was hurt off the team last year, too. No Tyler Eifert, no Marvin Jones. True. He, who does he blow the most? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's AJ that's Green. That's a personal question. Dude. It's AJ Green. You don't have to second-guess this. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, he's going to get peppered with targets. She was giving me mouth sex in the bathroom. She's giving me oral coitus in the, uh, in the bathroom. We made love with our mouths in that bathroom. She gave me mouth sex. She's playing with my ding-dong. I, I don't need to know that. She's like David Copperfield with my nuts. Doug Henning of ball sex. So. She's giving me a hand ski in the bathroom. Old school style. Dry. Dry. I'm going to go to the bathroom. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, by myself. <laughs> you went to the wrong bathroom for Lubiderm. <laughs> Dry. <laughs> Uh, so go on. go on. What was my train of thought here? I kind of got lost in the all the myself. Well, talking about the, the the teams that you like and the strategy that you're taking and, and top, okay, top eleven running back right. and top eight wide receiver. There you go. I just think those guys have a chance to finish number one at either running back or wide receiver. So I want a chance at both those guys on my team. And I don't like the balance of really two running backs. I, I like the balance of having one running back and one wide receiver because I'm going to come back and I'm going to have the best available in the third round. And it's probably going to be another wide receiver or another running back. And then I just mix and match every other round. And I've got so much flexibility on my roster. If I go, you know, running back, then wide receiver, and I've got or wide receiver, then running back, I've just got the flexibility. In the three through five rounds to do whatever I want, grab the highest talent available. Uh, so if I want to load it up somehow, some guy slips to the third round and it's a Jeremy Hill, you know, I can pounce on that because I already haven't taken two running backs. Here's the thing for me. It's like when I, when I look at the teams where if I'm having that first, second, third draft pick, you know, and, and those are pretty much guaranteed going running back, running back, running back at that point. The thing for me is that I look at, you know, and especially because I, I usually play 12-team leagues, so that's a long way to wait before anything's coming back. And you have a chance that, especially the way that people are drafting in fantasy leagues now, that you're not going to get one of those top wide receivers to come back. And for me, it's like I would almost rather grab that top wide receiver at that point in time, let it swing back, and then at that point, I already have the base where I can, if I'm a three-wide receiver you have an early slot? 
I'm saying I, I'm saying if I'm one, two, or three, I'm like I'm considering Des Bryant. I know this is crazy. I know, man. but because when I have that that wraparound pick, I'm, then I can grab those two running backs right there. I can solidify and have you know that maybe they're not top eleven, but I got the number uh, maybe the number. Yeah, 10. But you like Mark Mark Ingram more than the rest of us. You're that's, more sold. But that's a good point. But there, are, still there are after CJ, you know, but there are replacements for yeah. that as well. There's. Uh, at this point, Forte. Forte is my eleventh, right? Right, now. Mine Forte too. is getting I, yeah. Forte is getting into the third round in some leagues. So you get Dez. Let's say you get Jeremy Hill and Forte. But you're telling you're talking to me. What are, like like, what are mocks like telling it. me? The mocks are telling me that I see Demarco Murray cons- consistently coming into the second round. So there are plenty of running backs. I feel, and then again, you have that top uh, a wide receiver at that point in time, whether it be Dez for me. And then when I come back for my next wraparound, wide receiver, wide receiver. And boom, now I've just solidified that I don't have a, my three wide receivers are in the top probably 20, hopefully top 20, but definitely top 25. So I'm, li- I'm liking it. It's a good Actually, approach. Not, yeah, not but a- here's the thing that's also what works. As long as you don't need, I'm like you. Yeah. I need one of those elite. I Jordy Nelson's basically at that end end of that. You basically have to be willing to do two things. If, if, if One, I think you do your plan and you get those running backs in the two and three. Or you do the opposite and you take Adrian Peterson or Jamal or whatever, and then you got to go high on an Evans or a Cooks. See, let me tell thing. you how AP worked out for me last year. Yeah. Crickets, yeah. crickets, crickets. So you're second and third round. You never know with running backs. Running backs are the toughest thing. I'll, I'll so, tell you right now. I know. I mean, I think that three of the top six running backs last year that were taken in drafts busted. So here's here's well, no, I'll here's, pull, hold on I'll pull yeah. a dogmatic on dogmatic and I'll, I'll do the same thing for you. Who would you rather have, Des Bryant or uh, Julio? I'll take Jones. AP. No, Julio no, Jones. Okay. Julio Jones and uh, Jeremy Hill and give me another running back that that'll be around in that in that third round. Jeremy Hill rarely. Le- Lamar, Lamar Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, or Alfred would you Morris, rather Frank have Moore. an AP? And a um, at that point, it's basically like a T.Y. Hilton, or you go high on an Evans, or a or, 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 or a Cook, or, or a Jeffrey, T-Y, uh, T-Y and and, and then Sanders whatever that third pick is. Uh, again, probably a, a Miller, or wow. I don't know. What would you What would you rather have? You got that AP that, that's the crowning jewel, or you've got that Des Bryant? God, that what is can tough. you do better with those two three picks from there? I like the way you make it sound because it sounds like you're loving that team in that draft that we did I mean, in the last if podcast. I get Des Bryant, Forte, and Jeremy Hill done. I'll take that any day of the week. I don't think that happens. Let's say that you get that. Okay, let's say let's say you're in Chicago, so let's say you don't get Forte because you're going to be around people who are going to draft. Let's say that you're not. Let's say Forte falls. One of those two. Let's say one of those two falls. Say it's four set. Fine. No, we'll see. No, four set will be there. I'm Mur- not Murray and Hill. Murray and Hill. Murray's gone. Murray, yeah, Demarco Murray and and uh, yeah. and, and Hill and Hill, or oh, Demarco Murray and Forte with Des Bryant. I'm ecstatic. Uh, Absolutely. I no, mean, if no, I can no, get no, that, no, hold on, you can't get that because Demarco's a second rounder. Forte is a second rounder. And second round, Hill's, Hill's a second, second rounder. Round. So who are the third? So you need one of those guys to fall. That's why I like to have to move Let me let me look at the ADP. You got to remember that third pick. Running back ADP. See who's the third round. Okay, so we're talking Jeremy Hill is number 20 overall ADP. So that's the end of the second round. So I might wrap. I can get Jeremy Hill. In a 10-man league. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk right. tw- I think we should probably that, talk Okay, 12, so 12. Then, then it's Justin Forsett, Alfred Morris, 
Melvin no. Gordon, Frank Gore, Mark Ingram. Mark, yeah, so Morris. it's like it's I'm Melvin going, and, and even Lamar Miller's down there too. That's like, you know. So then the, it's even then at the same time. So now, the, now, are you changing? Are you no, thinking that it would be no, better to have an AP? No, because a, a, a like, I've always been the guy that's drafted the the running back first, and I've had like dog. I've had the, some super duds, and then I don't have. I have a guy who I'm trying to project higher up as a wide receiver, but he's not a guy that's going out every week and giving Des Bryant points. Um, the only thing I'm perfect at projecting is Val. There it is. She had the biggest tits I've ever seen, I think. Yeah, I heard she got breast reduction surgery. What? Making your tits smaller? That's like slapping God across the face for giving you a gorgeous gift. <laughs> can't, I can't disagree with that. Agreed. So. I, I like them smaller. I, All right, I, let's, I, go, let's, 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 go, let's go on to something else, but that's, that's why you mock. And that's why you're not done mocking, none of us are done mocking, and closer to each draft, you have a better sense of here and now what you want to do, but... It's funny because you got to try different models. you got to go high on a wide receiver in the first round, in the first half of the draft. Try that. Do it with the running backs as well and see see what that construct of those first three to five rounds, the, what you're the happiest with. That's always been a big proponent of mine. Know, so know where you where you want to come out That's of those first so five tough. rounds. And you kind of, you never want to go in and, and pre-know your picks, but you got to kind of know based on a lot of mocking where you, your happiness lies. Here's the one other point that I'm going to make. If you're in a league where you can make trades, here's the other reason why I think I'm leaning toward that Des Bryant first. Because as long as Des stays healthy, no matter what, even if he's having a down year, it's still a guy that people are going to pay for value. With a running back, if a running back like starts to lose carries and loses, the, it's like... You're never going to get value in return for those guys in, in, in the proportion. You, the only way that you get value on running backs is if you sell high after they're having a couple blow-up games. Wide receivers are, are a better used car value. They retain their value a lot And a good better. point. It's like the scarlet letter. The wide receivers that are at the very, very top, they never get branded with that fantasy football A. You know, They always are pretty, even on their down seasons, every week. They're, you're scared of them, and they could go off. We're running backs. It's like you know by week four, like, F, Monty Ball in the second round. Does he look like balls. this one's gonna pan out? <laughs> yeah. And it's dead. It's garbage. You can't sell that thing. It's like Ty Lawson in the NBA. One of the things I don't like in my mocks <laughs> is when I'm the first guy to draft a wide receiver. I'd rather be like the second guy. I'd rather like be in the middle of a run. Then be hey, say you're sitting in the seventh slot, and nobody's t- there's six running backs off the board. So running backs are hot. So you're feeling like these guys are coming off the board, they're flying off the board, and if I don't get one, I'm not going to be happy with my team. I know that. So I don't want to be the first guy to draft a wide receiver there, and you know potentially the rest of the round is just running backs. Nah, and it's, the I, thing is I've that it no, wouldn't be. I, I mean, it, the second it could. you make that wide receiver call. That's when the wide receiver run goes. Maybe. Believe it. Maybe. Every time. I don't want to be the first guy. <laughs> I'd rather this. be the second. We, we did our mock draft, if you remember. Uh, it, was, it was a 10-team mock draft. I think I had, was it the, the fifth pick? Yes, uh, you yeah, drafted Des Bryant. Um, so, um, I'm not, this is the one that we did on Yahoo, right? So, I went wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver in that one. Came away with Des, Calvin, T.Y. Hilton. Then grabbed Mark Ingram, Todd Gurley. Then Golden Tate, LeGarrette Blunt, Cam Newton, Isaiah Crowell, Devonta Adams, Darren McFadden, Julius Thomas, Trey Mason. 
It, I just there's enough running backs that you can continue to build from, and and you never can tell as much. You should have built a little more, I, I, but I agree with you. You should. What well, you should. You should. I went. You should have gone. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean there was a couple. Of, there was like should've should've gone gone one or two last of, the, of those last picks that you should have gone. Uh, who, but he thought you, about taking Mark Ingram in the third. It's like you shouldn't have taken yeah. Tate. Right. You should have taken the best running back right there. I hate to say it, but Tate's a, a, a wide receiver too, and he will never have more than four touchdowns in a season. But it, it was based on what was left on my on my board for running backs at that point. I didn't have anyone in a tier that was close to it. So it was okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. Here's my thing, and it stands right now. It's mocking in July. It's mocking, you know, right in the middle, 15th of July. This is how I feel. To get the team that you had there at the fifth slot, I think you can do it. Uh, maybe, maybe you got to do it at the fifth slot. Maybe you can move down to the seventh slot to get this. But I am all in on that. Des, uh, Des and Julio. I mean, Des and uh, Calvin, because I think Calvin's sliding in that second round. I'm all about that. So I'm kind of digging more being on the second half of the draft. I like being first or very early and getting those running backs, but the drop off. I, you just suffer at wide receiver a lot, and I yeah. think that you can. As weird as this, I think I can do a lot of damage in the in the three, four, five at running back slot. Uh, that and then I've got those anchors at wide receiver, and all I need is like a wide receiver three or whatever. But I, those guys are gonna kill it. So I'm all about that kind of drafting in this middle to second part of a ten to twelve man league and trying to get the best two wide receivers but, first. And then I can take it from there. And, but I'm not going to go third. I'm no. not, third pick's not going to be a wide receiver. No. Those maybe next three picks are going to be You're, awesome You are on, on a future part of a topic that I had wanted to bring up was where, if I can tell you, you're, you tell me your ideal draft position in a 10-team, 12-team, 14- and 16-team league. Where, where do you want your draft position to be? I don't care... I don't even necessarily care if you want to tell me who you who your, your reasons why who you're thinking about drafting at those points. That's fine. I can't even comprehend. That's too much for me to do. I give you one league. Well, <laughs> see, for me, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell ahead. you right now. From what what we've been doing, I kind of like the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of the middle right now. I used to like the ends a little bit more. Yeah, uh, because you could determine what's going to be taken. Right after you or right before you, a lot easier yeah. because that you could time. see the team. Yeah, you could see the teams a lot easier instead of seeing four or five teams in the future what they're all going to take. But wow, uh, the talent that's coming back to the middles uh, in every single draft I've done is kind of insane. The one that we're in right now, I love the talent that keeps coming back to us on every single rap. And it's strange because you guys, you're talking about taking wide receivers first. And we're in the middle. Are you guys upset with the Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Anderson? No. <laughs> I mean, with the wide receivers that we ended up with, I'm happy with that. Well, no, but it's it's the whole thing is that, you know, we, and who do we have? We have T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper. Um, uh, Aguilar, Aguilar. We'll talk about it later. All right. We'll talk so, but, uh, so, so what are you talking about now? But when you're talking about two, you just brought up something. <laughs> but when you're talking about, about middle of drafts, I agree. Especially for a 10 and a 12 team league, I say ideally I want to be in a 10 team league, 5 to 7. In a 12 team league, I want to be 5 to, to 8 or 9, maybe at the most. I don't really want to fall beyond 9. Because uh, then I, I worry about. I'm, I'm, then I'm, I think eight is really about as far as I would want to go in a, in a twelve. I, I just worry that there's kind of going to be that run where it's like I'm screwed out of Dez, I'm screwed out of Julio, I'm screwed out of Antonio. 
Now I'm going to Marius and I know I'm getting diminishing returns based on them changing the offense and everything else. Or I'm going Odell Beckham and I'm hoping that he stays healthy. Or I'm overdrafting. Reg- regardless, on. you're you're hoping that Calvin Megatron is there when it swings back to round two. two. Because Absolutely. when that happens, I agree. It's beauty. Your team is beauty. It's the black stallion. You're like, oh my god, wherever you, wherever that is, and you're able to get that second pick with Calvin, no matter what you did that first, it's beauty. I'll also tell you, I, I think that when it comes to wraparounds. Um, when you're in that, and it's a is this, well, is we'll this call a ten- question about the, your girl again? No, I well, I mean, <laughs> we're getting to that. I got some advice for you, though. You don't want to be a chick in a bar, man. Seriously, that was a major turning point in my life. Is when I realized that you got to go to other places. You got to go to spin class, a farmer's market, pumpkin patch, given the time of year, just somewhere social, non-threatening. You know, something like that. Yeah, I met the missus at paintball. Yeah, shot her in the neck, and we just, we just hit it off, you know. My first wife, who is a whore, Mm -hmm. by the way, where do you think I met her? A bar. Uh, Bar. (laughs) Don't worry, I know what you were going to say. I I quit. Do you remember what you were going to say? No, I have no idea. (laughs) I know, I know, I do remember what I was going to say. (laughs) When it comes to the wraparound. Yes. When it comes to uh, the, the nine, ten, let's say it's a ten-man league, the nine and ten picks, twelve-man league, nine, ten, eleven, twelve picks, or ten, eleven, twelve picks, I feel like people like to buffer, and they tend to make mediocre picks because they're evening out their wide receiver and their running back picks, or. I got to take a QB here, so I'll take a tight end coming back around. If it's a ten-man league, if they're on the corner right there, they kind of buffer it. When you get to the middle, you know you're making that one pick. And you have one pick for another ten picks. It's going to be spot on. And I think that it ends up being a better pick than if, you, than if you're buffering wow. on the end. Never thought it. You're never buffering because you're thinking, like, I'm not going to get it forever. Your brain, huh? Yeah. I was like, i got to get a running back and a wide receiver. So I'll get these and I'll be okay. Remember think about, think remember, about our remember, horrible remember. draft that we did on, on, on the air here. Well, last 30 show. seconds between each pick. That was you guys show. were both on the wraps. That's why I'm sitting there in the middle of going, okay, I can... I can. Exactly. I grabbed, I grabbed a uh, Aaron Rodgers, one, because we had 30 seconds and I was crunched for time. But two, I wanted, I should have gone high on an Evans or a, a, a Cooks there. But I had a, a buffer. I went safe. And I went uh, Rodgers and I went Hill. And I love those guys in hindsight. But really, I should have gone, you know, with, with an AP I think I had first, I probably should have just gone Evans and Cooks. And then, you know what? I'm going to stick with those guys. Exactly. Is that the highest these guys have been drafted ever? Probably. But now I've got my wide receivers that are the highest guys in my tiers, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be able to work from there. When you're on the end, it's a great point. You are. You're kind of playing ahead. You're, you're, mortgage, you're, you're, you're opening a mortgage uh, because you know you're not getting another pick for 18 picks or whatever. And that's really. I, think, you know, I never thought about that. And yeah. I think that's why it's it's because it happens. It's true. It does. When you're you sitting there the on the, on those wraps, especially in the first round, so the, your first two picks, eleven, twelve team league, 10, 11, 12, those last three guys, just take the best available talent. Yeah. Don't care about position. Shouldn't. Just take the best talent available. You'll make the corrections later in your draft. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm drafting. In a 10-team league, I want the first overall pick. All the time, I want the first overall pick. I want the most chances at my top 24 players uh, available. 
because I think I can get maybe two of my top 11 running backs, one of my top eight receivers, if not top 12, and then uh, because I know somebody's going to draft the quarterbacks. It's not going to be me. I know somebody's going to draft Gronk. It's not going to be me. So I'm getting one, of, one, one or two of those guys. So I'm getting three of my top 24 players, guaranteed. And it's usually my top 19 running back and wide receivers. So I want the first overall pick, no doubt, because... Who do you take in your first overall pick this year? Adrian Peterson. Okay, and what happens? When what you Basically, were, either yeah. and the rebound, you either get a Hill or an Arian Foster. I'd hope for an Arian Foster, but I did it earlier today. Uh, my team ended up pretty sick. I had to snapshot this. Uh, I didn't while, while you're looking this up, quick thing I'll say is, I in any league you're in, and it goes uh, goes to what we've been talking about. You're hoping for as many quarterbacks taken in the yes. first two rounds oh. as possible. Absolutely, and tight ends. And Graskin. Always somebody loves a Graham. Maybe But if you've got quarterbacks flying and tight ends flying, your team is gonna be awesome. Through maybe they listen to us and love us. Oh, we're so gonna get laid tonight. Okay, so I'll I'll just go by round here. I went AP, then I went Jordy Nelson, and then wrapped it around with Jeremy Hill, and then I waited a little bit. And that's a ten man. This is a ten man, and I waited a little bit and picked up Jordan Matthews and Lamar Miller. Uh, Waited a little bit and picked up Latavius Murray and Jeremy Macklin. Waited a little bit and then picked up Eli Manning and Tyler Eifert, or I didn't pick up Eifert yet, uh, Jarvis Landry. Then waited a little bit, picked up Nelson Aguilar and Tyler Eifert, and then I don't even remember the rest. Well, that's, that's a great team. The one nice. thing I will say, nice. not like one that. mock that I've done, even in 10 mans, not one mock has Jordy Nelson came back to me. On that, in the first round. But I'm just as happy. Not one. I'm round. just as. I'm yeah, just as happy with AJ Green yeah. there. I'm just as happy. See, I'm not. I'm not. Why? No, no, I'm, 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 I'm not. I'm I, not I, I, AJ Green. But why? Here's my thing. That's well, my question. I got, I got, I got a different. I, I, I got a different slant on here. I, got I know my life. Like he's had problems lately, he's whether it be injuries something. or something. I got a different slant for you though, because you're like you want the number one. For me. But I never I, the number one to me. I don't think it usually seems to be fool's gold. We've talked about this in some podcasts in this off season about how that number one pick. What's the best you can do? You can pick the guy who ends up being number one overall, or what usually ends up happening. You're ending up getting a guy who who doesn't end up producing out to that number one number. True. And then nobody's ever going to exceed waiting, value with number on. one. It's physically impossible. I'll, I'll say this in a, in a ten team league. I, in a 10-team league, but, but again, I also go by the history of, of all the leagues that I've been doing. In, I can go back in the last 20 years of doing the league. The team that's had the number one draft pick, it's about 50-50 whether they make the playoffs. So, and, and how many that's of them actually true. end up winning the league? I think, I think I've had like one or two in 20 years that, that's won the league. So I just think top-end talent this season is deeper. I think it's about no, this 24 was, guys. This is back in it the days. It is about 24 I'm talking back in the days of Marshall Falk being the consensus. Terrell Davis. That's fine. Uh, the guys who, who had to be, you know. It's not deep in the, the second the, round the for them. The Damian Tomlinson deal breaker guys that, that would. That would oh, you know, God. Now, right. We, uh, D-Rex and I, yeah. eliminated 
Uh, right, LT. Right. Yeah, we right. eliminated LT21 from drafts because now, it was too was I so made good. the playoffs one year when I had the number one pick, but that's also because I made a trade to the guy who I gave him my first. He gave me the sixth overall. I think I took Joseph Adai at that point in time. Then he gave me his Adai. second round pick. He got my, my second round pick. I got my third round pick back in the third round. So I stayed first overall and then got the first pick in the first round, first pick in the third round. I am sitting in front of you and I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I, but I, I do understand what you're I saying. I moved up in two different rounds, but I kept my initial position throughout the draft. We just I get swapped it. positions. I get it. Oh, you just kept swept. Okay. Four different okay, times. My team was so loaded. But if I would just drafted that one, and the reason it failed is he took LT. And it was a year that it fell off. Yes. So happens, that's course, it happens to everyone. So that's why I'm just saying there's a lot more faltering that can happen. That can happen in the first pick. Exactly. I will say this: ten team league, guaranteed. I'm all for it because you want to have as many earlier picks as you can, and there's just it's the the, the talent's not diluted like it gets in a twelve or a fourteen. Or in a twelve team, team, I will also take the first overall pick, in hopes that somebody takes an early shot on the Graham, and somebody takes an earlier shot on the Wilson. Well, that's uh, the thing, though. If you think that there's, if it's 24 deep, you are hoping beyond hope yeah. that all of those quarterbacks and those t- couple tight ends get taken. Exactly. Otherwise, you're stuck and you got fucked. I know. I, I know it's 24, but I, that mathematically gives me the best chance. In 14, I want to be in the middle. And anything else, I want to be in the middle. But well, What, what, what if you play in a league where everybody's smart and nobody takes Gronk? And nobody takes Graham. And nobody takes Luck. And nobody takes Rogers. Or, or and then I take Graham at the end of the second round. And I'm perfectly okay with it. Well, you're okay with Graham at the end of the second uh, round? No, not Graham. Gronk. You Gronk. said Gronk. Okay. Oh, you're still so okay with that? Hold on. Yeah. One question I got. One, one question I got. I'm not Ooh. a mathematician. You guys are much more strategic than me. I like that. You're talking about those first three rounds. When you get the first pick, your first three... Picks are going to be either top twenty or top twenty-five. Now, what does that happen when you get to the fifth round? Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at better. what you're helping, are you are you doing better if you're at the sixth pick between at the yeah, four I or mean, five pick? I mean, I think everybody has such different feelings on guys that you're just taking guys you like there, anyways. You're not taking you know necessarily everyone's top guy. You know who's going to go in the first two rounds, right? You don't know who's going between the third and fifth round. You don't know who's going to fall into your lap. True, but at the same time, That's here's true. the difference that you're getting. When you're picking in the middle, you're getting a guy, and then you're, you're, you're getting to pick at a higher tier level, whereas it falls to you at the, at the wraps, and you have to then take two guys that are off the same tier. So that, that, that slows you down. That, that gives you... But I'm talking more about that 4-5 pick. I think maybe the advantage, and this is what we're talking about with our middle-of-the-road Scott Fishbowl pick, when you're in the middle there, I feel like maybe the value, while you're right on those first three picks, but maybe the value on the 4-5 pick is better middle or back. Even beyond 4-5, I think the whole way back. Because you're not having to wait Well, 20 guys are drafting... You're only having to wait in between your pick for like eight guys to draft. So you're getting, saying I'm just saying at the end. I think the yeah. four or five almost is a little bit beneficial in a, in a snake draft with the four or five. Maybe not. I, I just think that people tend to buffer when they're at the end of drafts or the beginning of drafts when it comes to the middle rounds. Because you know you're not getting another pick for 24 picks. Yeah. They tend to buffer, being like, okay, I need one I running grab back, this guy one right right. one tight end, one quarterback. And you end up kind of I just don't, don't do mixing that and matching and shit like that. I don't do that at all anymore. I know, so. you, well, 
You don't you're, you're an expert, Verde on the show either. <laughs> I mean, just imagine if girls weren't weirded out by our boners and stuff and just, like, wanted to see them. You know, that's the world I one day want to live in. That was the weakest pop I've ever fucking heard. I'm terrible at popping. I'm terrible at popping, but I'm great at drinking. There we go. I mean, do you win leagues with, you know, average scorers at their position, or do you win leagues with top scorers at their position? Well, of course you win with top scorers. Oh, okay. So you want the most chance at the top scorers? Yeah, but correct. The, yeah, but at the same time, my if I'm picking in the middle, you may have the advantage with your first, and then I have the advantage with my next, next two. Next, next, do, next, do you, I win, consider do, them do you the win your league in the first three picks, or do you win them four through ten, four through twelve? I mean, I win them the entire time. Uh, okay. <laughs> Championship to oh, one round on, five he's through on, twelve. He's unshakable. We can't get a change on a guy. Yeah. And every I mean, time Stags is just a winner. He's won the championship. Doesn't party. matter. Just listen to Stags for the rest of the... Stags, matter of fact, we're bowing out. We'll see you later. We'll see you later. <laughs> you're, you're I'm just saying, in a 10 or 12-man league, I want the most chances at the top 24 players. Okay, and but what I'm asking you, and, and we're going to move on to another subject, is do you think that that spot gets hurt from the 4, 5, and beyond? Well, in the 4, yes. In the 5th, no. In the... Question. What... If you could, after your first three or four picks, would you trade, trade to the middle? Trade to the middle. Yes. Oh, there we go. Oh, man, yes. God. God, I mean, that's God. fine. But... I had to figure that one out. I'm not trying to insult her. I'm just saying that she looks like a good fucker, okay? She looks like she could take a dick. Some women pride themselves on their dick-taking abilities. Dick-taking abilities? Do you think that's a good thing to say about someone? The fucked up thing is, I actually do, okay? If some woman tried to compliment me on my dick-giving abilities, I'd be psyched. <laughs> so, I'm going to talk about uh, one thing. That's a good movie. Today, I need to see it. I need to talk about one thing that I should have brought up during uh, recent news, but uh, basically, uh, the old coach for the Giants, uh, what's his name, Jim Fasano? Yeah. Yeah. He said this week, I don't know if you guys read this. Jim Hazlitt? Was it Jim Hazlitt? Was it Hazlitt? I think so. Okay. My, who was the guy? I, I no, Hazlitt. No, Hazlitt. He was the head coach. No, Fasano was the head coach. Jim Hazlitt was the coach in New Orleans. And he what do you okay. Fasano? Yeah, you're right. Fasano? What's, what's, um, what's the guy's name? Anthony Fasano. No, Jim... Uh, uh, Anthony Fasano. I know who you're talking about, the guy with the, with the quaff. Great tight end. Uh, never did it. Who, no, the, oh, coach, coach? the coach before Tom Coughlin was... Yeah, uh, what's this guy's name? Fasano. No. 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 Come on, guys. No, New York it's, Giants. It's Fasano. Jim Fasano. Jim Fasano. Jim Fasano basically right. said that the NFL next year will be having some sort of spring league. Yes, I heard about that. I don't know whether this means players are under contract. I don't know if it's more of like a, a, a training, a tryout, or something. Spring games. Yes. But they're going to be doing. Jim Fossil. Jim Fossil. Fasano. Jim Fossil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Who was an F? Hey, dude. Ten years ago. Oh, I hated know. that guy anyways. I've been trying to bury him from my memory. He's got the coiffed hair, though, right? Twelve I mean, years ago now. Yeah, he's... Tom Coughlin's been around a, a while. That was a long time. That was a while ago. Definitely been a while. I lived in New York when uh, this guy goes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much I've tried to forget. But that's pretty amazing that next year, next spring, the NFL, always trying to make no moment where the NFL is in the talk of the town... Is going to figure out some sort of game situation. Wow, it's a bad. I'm playing in London. It's a bad idea. Unless to try it's, and unless it's tryouts. It's a or, bad idea to try and compete with basketball and uh, yeah, right? hockey at that time. 
What if what this if is this is a bad call? What if this is something? Is it really? Hold on a second. I don't know that it is a bad call. Do you not Hockey, want other sports to succeed? Ho- well, that that may be that may be okay. What's the courteous thing to do? Because well, that's just hockey, courteous. Hockey had the highest numbers with the Blackhawks and the uh, and, and the Tampa Bay Lightning drew a five point six. Monday Night Football draws like a twenty seven. Yeah, it's not that. <laughs> Here's, there's nothing yeah. else to fucking do. That's the point, though. But everyone yeah. loves football. Here's the situation. That's true too. What if this is some sort of what if this is some sort of minor league setup where they're doing a new situation when there's farm league, there's some sort of practice. Can maybe I give you the rundown on what this actually is? But yeah, what is it? Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a minor developmental league where you can send younger players if they don't play. The, the idea, if it has no affiliation with the NFL, though, uh, it will not succeed. But they are saying it's possibly going to have affiliation. The league's already set up. Uh, ma- major League uh, Football, something like that. Oh, Major League Football. But it's MLFB. MLFB.com. Uh, they've got their own set of rules and things set up. But if they get an official designation... Farm, the, team, farm system. Farm system. It'll be a farm feeder league for the NFL. It's like the NBA, NBA. That would be sick. Yes. For so many players to be able to make a paycheck. So is it be like you few, send your practice squad players there? You could or? send your practice squad players, you know, guys who don't play much. Uh, but it's in the spring. So they might be on, you know, NFL deals. It just depends if they get affiliated with the NFL or not. Without, there's, I worked in a minor league football system, right? Without an an NFL designation, you will not succeed. Correct. Uh, just the money that needs to go into it. The NBA D League would not succeed without you know the NBA, the, the NBA, and country. NBA teams owning these teams. And because so, it's a benefit for all of the owners, owners and franchises in the league mm-hmm. to get better and players. to make a better product than everything else. Yeah. So it, it's finally supposed to happen. They've been talking about it since the end of NFL Europe. They've wanted to keep it here so the players could cl- be close, so they could monitor them. It's just whether or not this designation officially gets done. So you know what's interesting though? What I wonder if that when that happens, because I'm not, I would imagine that it's going to happen in some way, shape, or form, is how many teams are going to be in the league? Who are going to be the guys? Eight. Who are the co- who are going to be the people that are going to be coaching the players? Hopefully, you, NFL. Caliber you know, coaches. Um, well, right. I think it should be some assistant coaches or, or something from former. Well, or it should be like. Dave, it sounds like a perfect spot for Dave Wanstead. <laughs> well, think about it. This is, still with, one is he still with Pitt? This could be no, like. No, he's done with them. What it should be is it should be. Obviously, it's going to be like, you know, who are like some other assistant yeah, coaches out there that are trying to get. They're trying to get head coaching <laughs> experience and they yep. want to show what they can do and show their chops running a, a team. But. You know, obviously it's going to be guys that are going to make sense for these teams to send there, so they're all going to be under contracts where, you know, I wonder, are they going to get paid more for playing in that league, or are they going to have any type of, you know, uh, you know, what do they call it, amnesty or whatever, if they get hurt, if whatever happens, blah, 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 blah. I mean, basically a lot of these uh, rappers and people with money that are, have young kids right now, they're doing high school. They're like building, Dion Primetime's got his own prime uh, prep. These guys now are it's going to be prime prep. Yeah, nice. No shit. Yeah, great, great, <laughs> wow. great show that Deion Sanders show. I forget yeah. what it's called, Deion and whatever. Uh, but yeah. if you can get a Snoop Dogg instead of doing his, his kid who now is at UCLA's high school team and, nope. and hooking them up with the dopest stuff, he's and then now he's going more to like the, one of these feeder leagues. 
Could be a, a lot of cool stuff happening out of it. They're, I the think last, they're the last sport to do it, to be honest. I mean, sure. all the other sports have uh, some sort of farm system, minor league system. It's called, that it's called the NCAA football. Have yeah. you heard of it? Absolutely. Yeah, but that's but not, it's a I bummer mean, when they have to go to I mean, Canada. I mean, when they have to go to Canada, it's like totally, it's not the same game. No, it's, it's not. Much bigger field, totally different rules. And it's like, yeah. oh, he honed his skills it's in like Canada. It's like a 55-yard line. He honed his skills <laughs> in rugby. <laughs> in rugby. You've had more people come over from the Arena Football League than you have come over from the Canadian Football League. Sometimes. But the one that came the most was European because it's the same friggin' game. Um, all right, let's talk about something else, and let's do tiers. We all submitted our newest tiers this week. Who are your biggest movers? You know, you were creating them. I pull them open. Who are guys that just all of a sudden catapulted up across positions? I think we've talked about tight ends a lot, so we don't necessarily need to go there. But anyway. uh, Ladarius Green jumped up a bunch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that, that was a, that's an obvious call. He jumped up too for me. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, Garbage. I mean he, actually, I mean he didn't jump up a ton for me, but he Literally did jump up for, for me. me. Uh, C.J. Anderson, uh, to, to, just everything that's going on there in Denver at this point. I had him right around nine, ten, even eleven at one point in my tears. Uh, in, you know, in the past few months, I now I now him up at five. I am over fucking Marshawn Lynch. Okay, and that's a big one. And to put somebody over Marshawn Lynch, you got to be damn sure that, that guy's going to be scoring some damn some damn points. Uh, I do like a C.J. Anderson this year. That guy has everything it takes to be a full time back. He's even uh, put his uh, weight regimen under control, and he's really got it going on. So uh, Denver's a prime situation. Big fan of C.J. this year. I moved him up five or five spots, I think, too. So. Yeah, I catapulted him up even more just because I listen to you guys and you guys inspire me. He, for me, is number six, and we grabbed him in that second round, and we're so friggin' fired up about it. And that's Scott it. Fish. I mean, I just look back at some of the great opportunities I've had with running backs in fantasy football that play uh, both for Kubiak and uh, being handed the ball by Manning. And you look at the numbers on the second half of the season and what he was doing. No brainer, Deeney. Any guys that are uh, catapulting up your uh, your radar and in your tiers for this version? You know, it, it wasn't a lot of guys that like. I didn't have a lot of major catapulters, but I also had a lot of gut checks. You know, you know, we were talking about Charles Clay earlier. Sure. And I and I keep looking at all the ADPs, and again, I didn't look at where Dog did his rankings on. Uh, uh, I, 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 before I did mine, I'm just doing mine, and I, and I, and I have Kobe Fleener as a higher guy for me too. And it's like, okay, I know everyone's saying this other stuff, and I keep looking at like my tears, and I keep going through, and I said, no, Charles Clay's by nine, Kobe Fleener's by ten. That's th- those are that's that's how I see it, and it's like, so for me, it was a lot of um, a little bit of jumping, maybe in quarterbacks, uh, where maybe I think I, I, I bumped up Teddy Bridgewater a little bit, but it was. Not like major moves, but I would say if you're moving a quarterback up four four spots, that's pretty. That's a pretty big move. So sure, absolutely. And even two spots, even two spots among quarterbacks. That's true. Even two spots is is big among amongst quarterbacks for sure. I got Teddy as a single. And you obviously weren't looking at mine. I mean, yeah. I mean, I got Charles Clay at ten right next to you, but I got Kobe Fleener down at twenty. Yeah, (laughs) twenty. Twenty. One of my biggest movers falling for me. One of my biggest movers was Joseph Randall. I think we were late on the Joseph Randall train a little bit. Not uh, me. I, 
I, I mean, I had him up there at like 27. <laughs> I had him up there at 27. I had him up at like 33. So I've been, I, I, he's now up two spots in like two rounds of tears, or 10 spots in two rounds of tears. So he's up to 23 for me he, over a lot of guys, you know, who previously I would have rather had. But just think about the situation, knowing the work, there's still going to be a run first offense. And hey, it might not work out as well, but that's still, that was the recipe for success. They're not just going to throw the recipe out the door and go back to what they did before and end up 8-8 eight eight again. Randall's a better runner than people think. I mean... To be honest, I mean, look at what he did last year. I mean, it, it was a small sample set, of course, but, I mean, Jesus, his yards per carry was ridiculous. It was. Well, again, it's a great offensive line. Yeah. That, that's something that's going to give you the advantage. The, the question for him is going to be durability. He is not a, a supersized running back. So. And underpants. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, he's... He's not a great runner while he's stealing uh, fruit of the looms. I don't know. I don't know how these old these old like uh, store security guys are always able to catch him, but uh, that's it. Yeah. That's I'll cut your dumb little fucking face off, throw it over mine, and get your ID and buy it my fucking self. Oh really? You don't have the technology or the steady hands to pull off a procedure like that. So ha, peace, 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 McGee's. That's All why right. he got caught. He doesn't have the steady hands. I know. Screw that guy. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say for me, a, a tier guy that's moving up. Yeesh. I mean, I hate to say it, just because Stag inspired me. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he got me on those targets. He got me. I, I hate the quarterback situation there, but I, I do think he's going to get the targets. So DeAndre Hopkins has moved inside the top. Uh, even I think he's in my 15, 15. now. Where I had him, I had him up before at about twenty five. Well, we've uh, all we've all come into line on him now. Stag's still high. The at truth 10. is, I don't want. I look at the next. I mean, we're, the, we're 13, 14, 15. I look 13. at my next tier of Jordan Matthews, Alshon Jeffrey, and Sammy Watkins. While I love all those guys, I just don't think they have the opportunity. And or when you really look at the explosion factor and the fact that through two years. A number one round draft pick. This is a guy that's gotten it done with not even with not that much. Fitzpatrick's gone. It's not like they lost. Uh, you know, a, he also got it done with Andre Johnson, who was the more heavily targeted guy there. Okay, remember it was two years ago where where uh, who who was the the backups? The, all the different backups that kept coming oh in for God. Houston. Don't and, oh, the and, worst. and Andre Case Johnson Keenum. is getting sixteen targets, fifteen targets, eighteen yeah. targets. You know, and here's DeAndre Hopkins who was picking up his seven or eight targets at that time. These are all his targets now. I really want Hoyer to win the job because we've seen Hoyer be able to be a fantasy football wide receiver deliverer. Yes. If Hoyer gets the gig, and hopefully he didn't just didn't have a mo- fleeting moment a couple of years ago as the Browns quarterback, but he seems like the guy that's going to be like, all right, DeAndre, I'm going to force it into you. And I'm all about having a wide receiver on my team that's getting the ball forced to him. I mean, 150 targets seems like a fairly conservative estimate for DeAndre Hopkins. Fully yeah, and, that's, and he had 127 and caught 76 last year. Such a low drop rate. Uh, he's going to average like 15 yards a catch, too. He's not just going to be a 12, 12 and a half, 13 yards a catch. So it may go down a tiny bit, though. Yeah, maybe it goes to 14, 14 and a half. I bet sure. you he's a 180 target guy. Eventually. 
It could be this year because here's the other thing that you got to keep. If you're talking mind. 180 targets, so that could be number one at the position. I know they are, but here's I, the one I, thing. You don't know a lot let of me, let me make big winning teams that get 180 targets. Arian Foster still gets nicked up. Doesn't matter. He'll, you know, I'm, I'm just saying, look, who else do they have now? The other, other guy they have is Jalen Strong. Let's talk about some things, though. So, Jalen Strong ain't so bad. They I know, but it's a rookie. It's there. a rookie. You're talking about... He's going to get the Andre Johnson. How many targets did Andre Johnson have two years ago? That's the No. Andre Johnson, in the last three seasons, here are his target numbers. 162, 181, and 146. That's... Okay. Listen, that's, that's a lot of targets. Five receivers in the league. Unlike Staggs, I'll admit that catch maybe anything. I was being a little bit generous. No, he but yeah, no he's 181 in the second, he's second year. He's right. agreeing with you. On that no, call, no. One eighty-one is the top, top, top. top that's end. a top. That's, that's, what that's a number Johnson's one receiver gone. target. Like that's their target range. That's if you get a hundred and hundred eighty targets. That's out. the number one fantasy receiver, right? Yeah. That's Antonio Brown. That's Calvin Johnson two years ago. Yes. That's the amount of target volume they get. That, exactly, but that's also respect paid to somebody. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't quite earned that yet either. He's not Andre Johnson yet. Let's not give him that sort of. Uh, but he is the best wide receiver on that team. He's the best wide receiver and on that team. In the second half this of is last a season. major running team. Major. Right. Running. He showed in the second half it of that is. season when you're looking at those trends. 160, I think, is optimistic. 150 is good. Great. I agree. That's I agree. still a crap ton of targets. That's, that's a crap ton of targets. I think that's perfect. And that's only 10 a game. So. But the one thing I'll say, since DeAndre's been on that team, Andre Johnson was never. The best wide receiver on that team. Two years in, there's a reason why Andrew J- Johnson's gone. There's a reason why he's been a little bitch for the last two years. Two years in a row, Andre Johnson was doing nothing but bitching. Is because he's like, these guys went in the first round and got a guy that's better than me. Whether it's at this point, prime, whether, yeah, whether it's prime, prime, right, prime versus prime, than, yeah. whether, whether it's prime versus prime or not, that hands down, the last two years that Andre was on the team. DeAndre was the best. If target. DeAndre Hopkins was on Indianapolis instead of Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins would be a top five receiver. One thing I hear you. I agree. One thing I'll say about DeAndre Hopkins that uh, is kind of a hindsight and just something that I, I didn't really put together until I was doing my tears and working on last night. DeAndre Hopkins reminds me exactly of with with better with a better head on his shoulder than Chris Henry. Interesting. Oh. He just dynamic. That guy was going to be He's amazing. Chris Henry oh with, without the issues wow. and without the crazy wife. It's a tear to my eye, to be honest. He that is Chris Henry. That could have had an amazing career. Yeah. He's literally, those guys, you look at the way they play, you look at their body type, you look at everything about them, those two guys are literally the same mold. Wow. Right? Yeah. Quite and they both action. did these because they did. It, what, what, what did uh, Henry do better than anything else? Was that deep ball going down, just beating everybody? He did everything great. He did everything great. He wasn't, he, he wasn't one, he wasn't one. But he what, was, was like, I could do thing, all What was the first thing that DeAndre Hopkins did when he came into the league? He was showing that he could make the, the 40, 50 yard fight. passes yeah. and, and make the ridiculous He had a 200 yard game as a rookie, right? Go ahead, what do you got? I think so. Uh, he definitely had one last year. Yeah. Yeah. He had a 200 yard game as a rookie. But, uh, I mean, he's got room to grow in the touchdown department. He... Grew from his you know rookie season where he only caught two, which was an aberration, to catching six. Uh, start over with your argument. There has never been in the last fifteen years 
any Houston wide receiver that has ever grown in the touchdown department. Okay? There is no growth there. Okay? okay? You're going to get eight to nine at best. But so you better 14, hope for yards and catches. You better hope. Well, I'm thinking 1,400 yards. <laughs> okay. All right. So start over. <laughs> there is a the small the of a chance. There's a small smidgen of a chance he could catch eight touchdowns, yes or no? Yes, oh, absolutely. Okay. Eight, I'll give you. Okay. Eight, I'll I'm give not you. saying he's going to be a double-digit touchdown. No, I'm no, saying no, no, he no. could be, though. He's, he could he's be. Break the he's ball. got the talent gotta break to catch ball. 18. And now with a Brian Hoyer. He, he's no, caught, no, he, no, he, not he breaking the ball with a Brian Hoyer. He caught 18 in college from Taj Boyd next to Sammy Watkins. It's college, man. I'm sorry. There's a lot of things that were done in college that you don't even want to hear about. <laughs> I've been there. He just told, he just told, me, yeah, he told us he didn't remember what happened in college. <laughs> I think he was trying to flush it out of his memory. <laughs> Let's go on no, to something. I, I, do, I do get what you're saying, and there's definitely the potential to be a top 10 wide receiver for DeAndre. It's just iffy because of that. I hate to say it, because of the touchdown situation. It's a full-out running team. You're not going to get double-digit touchdowns out of a Houston wide receiver, period. Yeah. And that's the downfall of it. I mean, that's why he's not a top-five guy. Exactly. That's why we're not putting him up into the top eight Mm -hmm. uh, against proven receivers like a Jordy Nelson. Absolutely. Like A.J. Green. That's why you got to put him up against Randall Cobb and Mike Evans and T.Y. Hilton. Because that's the zone he's in. Is it eight, nine, ten touchdowns? Is it really that many yards? Who knows exactly? Because that's where it is. Okay, Judy. Odd crowd for Judy. Yeah, no, I'm pretty docile. Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. No, you don't. No. no, that's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew? No, I look like a cock. Yeah. <laughs> he was Caucasian. All right, one of the things we do here at Pyro that's different than the other sites for sure is we're not just talking about players, we're not just doing player rankings, we're not just doing pickups and all the other stuff. We're telling you how to run the league if you're a commissioner, how to be a better drafter. So what we're going to do is we're going to change gears here a little bit, and I'll let you start, Houdini, because you're... The man of many leagues. You're the how many leagues are you a commissioner in? Six now or five? No, I'm only a commissioner. In, you pulled in, back. No, but I'm, I'm 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 only a commissioner in two leagues. Yeah. Two leagues. All right. How many leagues are you in though? I've been in seven. Uh, this year, if if I don't include what we're the fishball, right? If I don't include all those ones, just for me alone, it's five. Okay, so five. Oh, you gotta include the you have to include and the fantasy yeah. pros one we're doing so that that's on seven. Monday. That's seven. Eight. And that and then we're gonna seven. do well, the Pyro one is that fantasy pros eight. one is just a draft. That's eight. It's trying to see. Best ball, yeah. I'll it be an eight. It'll be an eight. Okay. So here's what I'll ask you. <laughs> How many leagues is too many leagues to be doing in fantasy football? We know everyone that's listening to a show at two hours and thirteen thir- thirteen minutes into it. Our fantasy football freaks. We know you guys love this stuff as much as we do. We're passionate. You're passionate. But at a certain point, you've got to be able to not accept joining a league. We get offers all the time to join a league. And I don't even forward some of these emails to you guys. Because you're like, yes, we're in. Like, no. 
We're not. We're not. We can't just we play can't fantasy football. We can't do fantasy football. We've got to provide content and information for it. So, Houdini, I'll let you start. You're, you well, guys. How do revise the question? How many is too many, and what's the ideal? There you go. All right. Well, you know what? I, I, we're. I think it's still very subjective. It depends on on the person. So for me, I'm going to say, when's too many? When is no longer fun for you? When it becomes work? Where it becomes a thing that that you're miss. If you're not able to keep up and set your lineup on a weekly basis to make your weekly ad drops and pickups and not get fired from your job. Correct. And and yeah. maybe it's going to be like you know. Even then. I'll grant every league that you're going to get a mulligan on a week where just stuff gets busy, life gets busy. You're not going to be able to do it. But otherwise, if, you, if, if, if the fun gets out of it then, then, and it becomes a job, then it's, then it's too many. But here's the thing for me, because everyone always says, well, it's so many conflicts of interest. You're starting a guy and going against a guy at the same time. I said, well, yes, that's absolutely true. But all you can do, it's like when we do our podcast and we're doing all the things that we're talking about on the weeks leading up to the, to the show. I'm going through and I'm looking at my roster. I'm, I'm looking at the matchups, and I'm setting the best possible lineup for every team. Now, once that's set, I don't go and start my day when I have like my whole all my screen set up now where I can watch three games at once and you know scroll through everything with the Red Zone channel and everything. I don't have every score pulled up at once. I actually don't even pull up any scores until halftime. Yeah. And then I see where my, my teams are going. I'm just rooting for all my players at that point in time. I may be rooting against myself in some regards, but I can't worry about it. And then I just focus on where am I having the best success or where do I need to get more points for this team to help them out. And those are the games that I've watched after the first half of the first games. Sure. I'll give you that. Absolutely. And then you got to include daily fantasy as your ninth league. That is true. <laughs> oh, I, do, uh, I do like the daily fantasy as well. It's a lot of leagues. Uh, I think so it, if you have too many, that's absolute ten is too many. Yeah, because then you say, own every player. Digits, you own miss. every player, and ten team snake draft. Yeah. You own every player. But you don't. You don't. You don't. But you know what? Well, you don't. That's the thing. That, that, is, yeah. that is the exact thing. You don't own every you player. Are you own a lot of players. the same players. The, because but the daily brings a lot of the guys that you didn't have over there. Into the mix. No, I disagree. I think I sometimes diversify. Still daily you want to play your guys with the best advantages in daily too, because exactly. you want to root for your, your players that you need. You still feel but the that same. hurts. That hurts the end product. Not necessarily, because it all depends. It's it, it's because you're in daily fantasy. You're always looking for extreme value for the price. You know, based on the matchup and whatever. Oh, I thought so. you were just saying though that yeah, obviously that's the case. But I thought you were saying sometimes you'll take guys in the daily so they're in line with who you're. Yeah, if, guys. If, if, if that's they, bad, especially that's, when that's they that's have the good matchups and whatever, they got a good price for sure. So, but 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 the, but the point that I'm making too is that while you're saying you have all the different players, I don't because there's certain players that I just never draft. Yeah. So I would say between all the eight leagues, commonality there's probably at least probably on average about three players in common. With between all teams, that's so. Natural. So that's of the starters. So that's a third of my teams are, are basically the same all the way across the board. Exactly. Have you guys done this yet in daily fantasy? You play your opponents. You've done this before. No, I, for re- for like a two dollar bet in case you get a real bad beat uh, in your regular <laughs> league. Like you get beat up like one hundred and eighty to one hundred and seventy five. If you played that, that if you played that in daily you're fantasy, money. you're winning money. Save so you face. ain't that mad. <laughs> That is genius. It is. That's it's smart. genius. 
Unless you're playing against somebody. You told me about that last year. It's diversification of stocks. It depends on who your opponent is, though. That's What if your opponent's got a crap ass team? You're not playing that team. You're playing it for two bucks. You're playing so you're, it for cheap. No matter what? No, I mean, if I'm playing a shitty team, eight, you're going to play that team for that I think Stag's got, got good matchups. Stag's got an intern. He's <laughs> already, he's already, he's already subbed out an intern. He's like, yeah, all right, here are my six leagues, here are my opponents. Two bucks on all. What are you, what are you, three years old? Just get it done. He's pulling movement from the state for crying out loud. I think he's paying for all this fucking electrolyte fucking water. <laughs> it is expensive water. It is. Really expensive water. It is. Stag's wearing the ODB red shirt, which is awesome. Yes, One of the sir. things we're going to be doing the next two weeks is Huge taking fan. that off of red. We're going to offer it as red, but we're going to put them on white, as well as some of that's our other shirt. graphics. And that's one of the things I want I want us to uh, to do in the next couple weeks is that merch. I got I talked to my printer, Jimmy Sun, and we're going to be doing the poster versions of all this stuff. So much work to do in the next um, three weeks. It's ridiculous, but I've decided... We're going to get it done. And I'm going to get it done. I'm in. in. I'm All also right. in for a foul Give me that. All right. You look like a future pedophile in this picture, number one. Number two, it doesn't even have a first name. It just says McLovin. <laughs> nice. Quick thing. I am a future pedophile. Any new uh, league um, rules? Fab is quick. <laughs> Any new lube, uh, league rules that you're lube? that you're taking? Lube rules, yep. <laughs> Astroglide is out. What's in? I mean, one of the biggest Astroglide's deals on Prime. In. One of the biggest deals on Prime Day today, which was a big bust apparently, was a 55 gallon thing of lube for like 1,300 bucks. <laughs> on what? Evan, that's psycho shit, man. It's not. It's like Charles Manson shit. What do you think Becca's gonna be psyched that you brought a bottle of lube? Oh, Evan, thank you for bringing that lube for my pussy. I never would have been able to handle your fucking four-inch dick inside my pussy without that gigantic bottle of lube. Okay, that's fuck. That's enough. These girls are 18 years old. They're not dried-up old ladies. They're good to go. Then I won't bring the lube. (laughs) (laughs) I did not even know you had that in the queue. How do we talk about lube when you have something like that in the queue? That was for Prime Day. Amazon Prime Day. Oh, big, I feel big, big a lot big better about myself today, guys. Thank you very much. Therapy has been yeah, good for you. Thank good. you. You're thank welcome. you. Wow. So Fab is a, Fab is a new thing. Free agent acquisition budget. Uh, I haven't really toyed around. With I've it used too. that for the last seven years. We should add it to the picks and drops. How much do you think you should? Fab pay is, a, is a wonderful idea because what it, it eliminates the whole idea of a waiver wire process. It's no longer who has priority or this or that. You now have a budget. You can, let's say, the, the, what it should be is, at the most, $50. And you're saying you can pick up as many players as you want on a season, but you only 50 have $50 to yeah. bid on players. So let's say that you have that guy who has that blow-up week or that you're like projecting, and so you spend $15 to get him. Well, you just spent 30% of your, of your budget on that player. So now, then you're going to have to put in like $1 bids on other players and stuff when you want to pick up guys. So it, it makes you have to commit to, instead of just saying, oh, I have the waiver wire priority one, I'm going to hold my waiver wire priority until I really need it. You don't spend that budget until there's that right waiver wire guy to get. I mean, I hear a lot of $100. Like, that's their number. But I guess it just depends Here's on how you Here's why you do it 50, though. Because 100 
there are a lot of guys who only make like, you know, who hardly participated in it or whatever. And, you know, we did it once before where there was unlimited. And so you get guys, cause, but it's also, these are auction leagues. So these are not snake draft leagues. Well, here's the, so, that's what I wanted to ask. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. You're doing a snake draft league. You're doing a keeper league, one guy or whatever. I brought up to one of my, you know, my favorite, my new league, whatever, to say, hey, I want to do fab, and I also wanted to do the next thing we're going to talk about. Everyone's like, this is an auction league. Is there a way that you can do on it? It just seemed like yes. everyone was against it because the draft is an auction, the draft's regular, and then now it just evens a- out waiver wire. Right. It okay. just, it, and yeah. I agree. I agree. Here's my main question. You on can that. do it together. Uh, okay, that's awesome to know, and I, obviously I agree with that and figure you can. But is it easy? Because I've never done this. To integrate with the website. Yeah, because it, all these it, websites, all, now, they all have it. They all have it now. So it's like they'll awesome. ask you, how are you doing your free agency? And you click on the commissioner tool and you're going to click, yes, we're using a fab process. What's the limit to your fab? And then you, you put that in there. So then when, what people then do is, so it's like on your week, when you're going in, like I, I'll speak for CBS, um, when you go in, you're going in, you say you, you, put, you click a player that you want to add for the week. And it says bid amount. Then you enter the bid amount and you, and you put it in there. Now it's going to arrange. You, you put you can put in thirty guys. Okay, once the one exactly guy that you that, 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 that yeah. was I know, but you have to do that because you're putting in for the one dollar business. You don't want to get stuck with all those guys getting taken by someone and you're not getting a player. It's also going to organize them based on price. So the top guy and price is always going to be the first guy that goes up for bid. So a guy that you don't you don't you know if you really want the guy that's cheaper, then you don't bid on the other guy that's higher. Is it a bad strategy? No, if, it's it's in a bad strategy. If I like you're doing it for thirty leads. of them. And the last one dollar one you do is Jerry Rice. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I just <laughs> get him. Hey, Jerry Rice. The team. problem is he's not, he's not active in the system. Else, you know, he's just not active in the system. I want Jerry on my team again. You can have him. He's just not active in the system. Can't you pick up Jerry I'll Rice? I'll give you Junior? a place marker on you your. I'll be the commissioner. I'll give you a place marker, and we'll honorarily name him Jerry Rice. Thank you. This is awesome. I love the fab stuff. I'm trying to integrate but, but it. But this. There, there's I think a lot should. of pushback on, hey, we're not in an auction league. Why would we do this? This is harder. But what you're saying, systems, websites out there let you do it. And it's the same as putting in the claims, putting in four guys. But it Maybe you do a lot more because you're attaching money to it. But I, I, I'm dying to get that in the mix. It's so much better because, again... Stop with the stupid waiver wire and the priorities and this, that, and the other thing. Because you're a loser. It's called, do you want to add another level of strategy to your to your league? Sure. This adds another level of strategy because now you have to say, is it worth it? You know, there, there are certain guys that you're going to sit there and go, I'm going to spend $40 of my $50 fab. I'm going to spend 80% of my budget, guy. and I'm getting this guy. Adrian Peterson goes down, and no one's got Someone's him. Someone's McKinnon, and McKinnon's the only guy. Go in on it. I think it's a great point, and I don't know if it was you or Mo that had brought this up, but why reward the loser? Yeah. Week one, we the do. guy has the shittiest week. Something comes. Ben Roethlisberger goes down. I don't even know whose backup is. All of a sudden, that's a, a, a quarterback you want right there. Why should the guy that lost have the first opportunity at that? That's rewarding the feudal. So, um, all right, that's a that's all I had on that one. Um, any other cool new rules? The one that I that I brought up with uh, Mo on the show and the guy from League Safe that I brought up is the uh, Empire League. You guys know that one? Basically, you put a bit of the money from the overall uh, kitty of your league, or maybe you put something off to the side. But let's say we we're, let's say we're in a league where we're throwing five hundred bucks 
in a man, and we're in a 10-man league, and we say, out of those 500 bucks, 100 is going to the Empire League. And basically, you're putting a side kitty of that 100 bucks per team, 10-man, so that's $1,000, and basically, you can't grab that $1,000 until someone wins back-to-back championships. Hmm. Now, if it, if it happens in the first year, $1,000 is whatever. Sick. It's still nice. Ten years Second, down the line. It can't but happen yeah. in the first year because you have to win back. No, you don't. Okay, I got it. Second year. <laughs> so oh, somebody's got to point out the facts. So here, good. Is that second year? Fair <laughs> enough. But what if you're sitting in that league and you're doing that, and it's ten or fifteen years before someone wins back to back, and now all of a sudden you got ten thousand dollars? I'm staying in that league. Yeah, you're gonna and it's okay. Gonna, I'm staying. It's in gonna league. keep yeah, everyone super competitive, and that's just that other little thing that goes on, that aura. Oh, that, I like that, it. That, I that, love that, it. You're I, sitting I mean, there and you're like, oh, Jer won last year. Doug Manica won. It's like everyone's, everyone's, like, oh, everyone's, everyone's fucking like, me in the draft. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing that oh, goes. Absolutely. People don't want. I mean, there are collusions terrible, but there are things where probably more so than other leagues. If Dogmatic is close to repeating, there's yeah. going to be some trades to make That's it happen. That's the only thing I it's, worry about is the collusion. But you can figure that out, and you're a commission, you're a good commissioner. But think about what kind of excitement that brings, especially if you just say if, if you're going, hey, it's just fun, you know. It's just all these other elements and these 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 different layers of the onion that now fantasy and rotisserie and all these new exciting little auction and keeper and dynasty. It, it just makes it more awesome. And I used to be more of a old school traditionalist. And you know what? I've done this for long enough. I want I want a new drug. You know, I want a new <laughs> element. I want a new drug. I want a new buzz. I'll, I'll tell and you these stuff. kind of things are amazing for that. And that it, it, for a part in time, it hurt me too, though. When I was, I'm all my other leagues, I just have one snake draft league. You know, or if you want to, no, I can, we're counting all the Scott Fish and all these other ones that we're in. But no, nah, but no, of, but all my, of, my, of my main five leagues, it's, it's just one snake trap. The other four are all auction, and with contracts and with with different. Some players. have ADP, IDP. Some have right. There's go through the playoffs. There's different. There's different layers to all of these leagues, and and how the salary structures are, and what 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 percentage they go up per year, and what you how what you can control and franchise tags, this and the other thing. It's you get so involved in that that I ended up for a period becoming very bad at my snake draft league yeah. because I'm not used to drafting like that. And I know, caboose. Well, no, because that's it, what I've been telling you. It was, but it was, but it was totally. exactly because you're looking at guys through the lens of a dynasty, where you're saying where in dynasty the key is in auction leagues. Scoring on a player in the five to one dollar range before he explodes, before anyone knows about him. So everyone's asleep last year, you know, on Martavis Bryant. He doesn't get drafted in the rookie draft, and you grab him for a buck at the auction. And then all of a sudden, everyone's going to do this year. Oh my God, you have Martavis Bryant, and then he went up, and the price is only at four dollars. Yeah, fuck you. I'm enjoying that one all the way to the bank. Oh yeah. And it'll only be uh, nine, eight dollars next year. How much? How much was? How much was um, um, uh, the, the guy we were pace. talking about from the Texans? I'm sorry, I'm spacing. DeAndre. DeAndre. How much was DeAndre in that league last year? 
I can look it up. But I, 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 I want to like hear about it's not. No, I, DeAndre I'm not was, saying he's a buck, but, but no, like, because DeAndre was a guy that was was uh, a rookie drafted player. So he comes high. in as a as a set contract. So it's probably where he was drafted. He probably came in at like eight dollars for the guy who drafted, but he had to be drafted in the rookie draft. Yeah, and I okay. I, 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 love, I love the excitement. Stuff, yeah. The fact is, what we're trying to tell you is try new things. You guys are doing fantasy football with your buddies, your coworkers, whatever. You're your wife's family and your, yeah, your family, your spouse's friends. It's the only way they, she's trying to integrate you with her best friends from college's friends and smoke them in fantasy football, but try new things, you know? I also say this maybe even like when you're talking about trying new things, maybe like different rules that you can put in. I love the negative point rules, I love where your players can lose points. So, like, we have kickers, you know, and so kickers used to be able to get bigger bonuses and stuff, but now that everyone kicks so well, it's, we've taken away the high-end points for them, but if a kicker misses a kick or an extra, an extra point or a kick at 29 yards or less, that's negative six points for your team. <laughs> the guy misses... What is, which one? Uh, 29 yards or less, or an extra point missed, six negative points. six points you lose. <laughs> now, he misses a 30 to 39 yarder, that's negative three points. A 40 to 44 yarder, that's negative one point, and then at, at 45 or over, he's safe and it doesn't cost Can I be you. honest, Houdini? This explains a lot. <laughs> your, neuro, your neurosis, whatever it is, your on-edgeness, your amazing... Maniacness. I think in season boils down to not how much you have to work on pyro, which is ridiculous amounts, not how much you have to work on your regular job, but I think it boils down to all these different players and the potential that they are going to give you negative points. <laughs> but no, I think those are great. So it's like I think like 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 if you have <laughs> that's it, what he loves the most. No, because it. It, because the thing about it too, there are there are the games where it's You're like, like the Rodney Dane as a guy who's watched football. all these leagues, you know. For all the years that I've been doing this fantasy football, and you see how things can change, right? Because what sucks is what happens if you go into a game and you have a, a, a kicker who's going, right? And you're up by one point. You're guaranteed to win, right? Because you're not going to lose a point. Not if you're in my league. Now that guy's got to, you're, you're praying, just make the easy stuff. Don't screw me over. And short field goals are only worth like two points, so it's like, it, it's, it makes this it more league, interesting. Now, here's the I love one. it. This How league sounds like, hold on, I need to get yeah. a soundbite from Houdini. This league sounds a lot like, I guess I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Bye, Jane. I am truly jealous you got to suck on those tits when you were a baby. Yeah, well, at least you got to suck on your dad's dick. I think dogs are gonna do this. I think we got two, two, two more questions. But no, but what I want to say is just to, what I think is it's interesting, like a, a, an interesting rule. You could put a multiplier rule for interceptions for fumbles. You lose two points on an interception and a fumble. Well, on the second fumble, you lose four points. On the second interception, you lose you lose four points. Now, I do not want to own Jay Cutler anymore. Right? Think, about, think about players that become that are like normally like oh well, they score we can just you know because These the negative points don't affect that much. Well, I like, like what you're doing, but they sound a little t- extra stressful. It's it just multiplier f- negative points. I'm just I'm, I never played in a league like that. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Maybe it only goes up by one, so the next one's negative three, and then the next one's negative four. Or whatever. Yeah, Jay Cutler is the antithesis. Honey, of this I'm league. home. <laughs> Honey, I'm home. 
I was up going into Sunday night. I had three players. He had one. I lost by 30. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we got two questions left. Yeah. Should you have a co-owner or just go solo? I, I really, I question that. Because we had some interesting Scott Fish discussions over text about different players, especially early. Now we're starting to find good value. We're starting to find guys we're all relatively high on. And at least three of the four of us can agree on most of them. Houdini can't agree on jack shit. But that's besides the point. I just get walked over, that's all. <laughs> well, here's what I'll Cause say. They don't, because they're going to score positive points, not negative ones. <laughs> First thing I'll say is... Definitely, we all work through our uh, our text messaging plan with the Scott Fish uh, Pound I'm SFB 360. God. So am I. But come on, for the effect, for the, roll over, <laughs> roll over text messages. Uh, but God damn! No, no, no. All of a sudden, I was snoozing the other day. I swear to God, after like working a little bit, I ran Daisy. I was hanging out, snoozing, rubbing Daisy, and all of a sudden, bloop, bloop, bloop. My text message blew up. It was like 17 times in less than 20 seconds. Oh. I'm like, looks like we're up on the clock. And I kind of just held there. And I was like, I'm just going to sneeze. You are the perpetrator, my friend. <laughs> I'm the worst, I'm the one, I know. I'm the one who does not. I'm watching a movie with my girl. And then I come back. I go, I check my phone. I turn to my girl and go, this can't be right. 67 text messages. <laughs> and I, I open it up. One fucking thread with 67 times. And then the worst part is I'm scrolling back and trying to catch up on the conversation and bloop, 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 And it keeps scrolling you back down. still talking on this. We're going on now. And I'm it like, keeps scrolling you back down. Right. I'm like, God damn it. Hey, here's what it's going to mean. We're winning this league. The Scott Fishball, we need Bradford to stay healthy. But we, we backed need, it up. We backed it up. With I know, I know. We need, and we might need to only get hurt. <laughs> we don't need it we But it wouldn't hurt It wouldn't hurt, it wouldn't hurt. Um, But Scott Fishball We're coming for you But yeah I mean uh, There's a lot of differences With playing solo And playing with other people I think they both have Their advantages And disadvantages And it kind of just depends If you have Similar draft strategies And just Feelings on certain guys To where you can Kind of work through it I think it's better to have Differing opinions because when you have the same ones, what happens is usually there's one of the two who's more forceful, and the other guy then just basically kowtows to the other guy and just says, "Fine, go ahead and play that guy." Whereas when you have differing opinions, at least then you have a discussion about it, and and those are good. Yeah. yeah. But the problem then becomes one guy chose choose, chooses wrong, and the other guy says, "That was your pick." Yeah. For the rest of the season. Yeah. Or every week because you're going through the same process yeah, every yeah. week. I'm I'm of the mind where I think I'd love I don't want to have anyone as a co-owner. I want to own all my teams. I want to make all the draft decisions. What I want is someone to help manage my teams. If you there's hire someone, my intern. Know, I'll, I'll give yeah, you my temp you're service. You're I, you know what? Yeah, give me one of your guys because it's like I'm, I'm it's like with all the potential winnings that are out there. Like I offered it to my uh, my uh, my cousin who's uh, was like. It's like an eighth grade last year. I'm like, wow. if you manage my teams, I'll give you ten percent of any winnings that I get. He never managed the yeah. team, so it didn't happen. So. There, there's something that's said. I've had interns. 
when you're awesome at something, you can't just think that somebody else is going to be awesome at it. Hey, doesn't, doesn't you just, hired me as an intern, so you, you got one good shot. We got lucky. <laughs> we got lucky. And let's be honest, you weren't that awesome when we first got you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you grew into it. You, the tutelage of Dogmatica, Houdini, and D-Rex has turned you into a, 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 an unbelievable force. It's true. Well, there it is. By the time college rolls around, I'll be like the Iron Chef of Pound and Vagine. I'm gonna be like the fuck master. I'm gonna be like the Andre Agassi of Pound and Vag. I'm like the Arthur Ashe of Slamming V. I'll be like the Andre Agassi of Slamming Vagine. Here's what I'll say Kanye West, before, when he came in with Jay Z, Memphis Bleak, blah, 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 he, he transcended them at one point, so. You're you're firing it up. You're, you 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 you've you've learned from the best, and now you might be. And you have a lot more. Dogmatic is not. You have a lot more energy than all of us combined. <laughs> no, dude, I'm. Dog's out yeah. right now. Yeah. Dog's out. He, he's weakened he and burning. He's like stands. He shut his computer down. We all of us like his Wellingtons are on. The amount of years that we've been playing ottoman. fantasy, for each of us, only you only eclipse that in age by like five years. Here's what I'll say. Let's shut it down. This has been a great show. We're you want here. the young gun to pop the Scott Fishbowl recap? So yeah, far? Yeah, do it. Let's do a recap. Tell and we'll we'll close it down. And then we're in. That's it. Then we'll close it down. Dog's going to fall asleep here like me two weeks ago at the cast. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend at stag parties? Yeah, it was a pretty good time. So, we got Sam Bradford, Eli Manning, and Mark Sanchez. We, we handcuffed Bradford. We had to uh, hide a comment just to make sure nobody else was uh, filtering and fishing our picks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then we started off with Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Anderson. This is a league that gives .25 a carry and point per reception. And how many how many teams? Twelve, right? Twelve in our draft. Thirty different drafts, so three hundred and sixty total teams. Uh, and and it's twenty two rounds. Twenty two rounds. I think we're in round. We're going into sixteen. Sixteen. Right now. Le'Veon Bell last year was the second highest scorer, I think, across any position behind yeah. Demarco, right? Yep. So yeah. we went Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Anderson, and then we came back a little early and took Jonathan Stewart because it was a big, big value grab. Uh, and then we loaded up with. But wait, hold on, you're making it seem like we grabbed him in the third round. Not that early. We grabbed him in like the fifth. Well, no. Six, can we go? Can you can you go through the, the round, round by round? round. Be a yeah, we went round by round. Yeah, right now, it looks like we just went Stewart in the third round. Right. Yeah, Even yeah. when we took him in the fifth or sixth. I, why was I listening to these morons for two and a half hours <laughs> and they're going to tell me to took Jonathan Stewart in the third round? Yes. Hey, Jonathan Stewart <laughs> might not be bad in the third we round love, if he stays healthy. I agree. We love him. But okay. Let's give our so we started out with draft through the order because p- position by position wasn't working for you guys. Uh, Thank you. Le'Veon Bell. At the sixth spot? At the sixth spot. Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Anderson. And then we took our first wide receiver. We went T.Y. Hilton uh, ahead of Randall Cobb and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Then we went Eli Manning in the fourth to get our first QB. This is a one QB league with the super flex where you can play. So I consider it a two QB league. Isn't it like three flexes and a super flex? Yeah. Yeah, Three Three flexes. You start what? You start a quarterback? You start 11 players. A quarterback. Two two running running backs. Three receivers. And then tight end and... One super flex and three regular flexes. And the super and flex can defense. be a quarterback. Yes. Other defenses and kickers? No. Nope. Kicker and defense. No There's kicker. Not? No. None. Oh, yeah, nope. that's great. Smartness. 
So Smart. then we went Amari Cooper as our second wide receiver because we've all got high, high expectations, uh, except for Houdini. <laughs> and then in the, the sixth... The PPR makes a big difference. In the sixth, we took Jonathan Stewart, uh, then came back and drafted Sam Bradford as QB21, which I think is a great value. I think we have him ranked about 15 or so. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, he's definitely going to exceed... QB twenty one number. If he stays healthy, we are going to. If he stays healthy, he's top ten. Yeah, if he stays healthy, we're, 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 healthy, our we're laughing our way to the awesome. bank. Yeah. So then we goes, chose to hold off. Doesn't and matter. The fact is, we got Sanchez. We're laughing our way to the yeah. bank with that pick anyway. Yeah, QB we're, we're Philly, We have the Philly QB. Period. We, and we have. So we, we can go, and we're going to have the ability to go super flex with Eli and and Sanchez or Bradford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then we went Jarvis Landry in the seventh, Nelson Aguilar PPR. in the eighth, uh, Martellus Bennett in the ninth, uh, Charles he was, Johnson. He was a top six guy for us. Charles Johnson in the eleventh. Who we talked about in this podcast. And then uh, Mark Sanchez twelfth. Uh, and then we started loading up on running backs a little bit here, debating three different guys. We ended up with Niall Davis as running back forty eight. Uh, Why is that? Just just in case. Just to get, he averaged twenty. He averaged twenty nine fantasy points a game when Jamal was out for those couple games last season. In and, this league, in this in league. this format, and, and twenty nine points. And when you're crazy. thinking about, and this is where we were having ramped discussion. Sixty eight tax messages. Right, and, and 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 I and I agreed with it at the end. I was not on board with it at first, but yeah. it's like when you're drafting at this point in time in the draft. Yes, it's potentially still. A guy that may need to, to, to start early, and we were talking because we need with Le'Veon Bell, who's going to be missing the time early, that we were needing someone early. We need an early but the fact starter. of the matter is, there is no one else that was available at this point in time in the in the draft that, if Jamal does go down, is going to give this many points to their fantasy team. So the risk versus reward maker. Makes, makes it a no no decision. We were talking about guys like um, Reggie Bush around here. We were talking about Wood other head. Monty Ball to Monty Ball who would handcuff the CJ, but we all just kind of agree. It's like if and again, we don't want we don't wish for Jamal to go down, but if it if it happens the way he was able to do, but we don't have him so the performance <laughs> yeah, the performance sure. that he that he provide provided in those three games. That's the kind of strategy you got to do. Any week he's a starter on the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be a he's starter a top for us. five running back fantasy wise in the entire league. If he's, period. And he and also does he. Have, yeah. Do we get does league allow for special team scores to get the touchdown yep. points? Yep. Oh yeah. And he has that ability as well. Yes, he does. So then our last two picks here were Tyler Eifert at tight end nineteen, who we just thought was a steal because he's collectively our eleventh as of now. And then we went Buck Allen. Because we're not huge believers in four set, or, or we have varying. And I love the bus. Not that I, it's not that I don't believe in four set. I believe in that system. System. Yeah. We love the system so much that if like, something happens to four set again, Buck Allen stud. So just an overall the recap of the team. Uh, it looks like we have like five of our top thirty receivers, and they're all high high PPR guys. PPR. Uh, <laughs> I mean Charles Johnson. Getting him as the fifth wide receiver was a a coup, in my opinion, getting Bennett as Landry is the fourth. Yeah, Landry. PPR Landry special. Well, no, yeah. uh, Landry well, was our third. Parker Landry was our third. Who was our fourth? Aguilar. Aguilar. But De- so De- I love that. Well, still, with the Devonte Parker out, potentially he his agent and he his agent saying he's going to be there week one. If that's the case, I don't think that hurts. To be honest, Landry, that I'd much. Like to, I'd like to hear Parker say. It. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've seen right his agent talking for him. Right now. You tell me you're going to be there week one. You tell me that you're going to be up with the system. You tell me you're going to be in with the starters that you have. Like a I want to hear the Dolphins say it. I'll exactly. say that you're going to have a, a team that takes a, an early first uh, half of the draft, a wide receiver on a guy that's hurt, or at, at that point he wasn't hurt, but he was coming off an injury before, a different injury. They're not going to rush him into this. Landry and the PPR situation is going to be getting unbelievable. Oh, well, here's screw in your foot. Here, here's, here's the thing that I think is interesting with can't rush draft. That. If, if anyone on the outside is going to look at it, they may look at our wide receivers and go, oh my God, you guys are skewing so young on a wide receiver. And we are skewing young on a wide receiver. We knew that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not blindly skewing young on a wide receiver. It's young wide receivers in good systems or young wide with receivers high upside, yeah. with, that, that are high going to volume high system. volume as in Amari Cooper in a good system as in Nelson Aguilar uh, developing in a good system and being becoming the, a better receiver in Jarvis Landry so Bob guys Dillon, that are going to do better than they did the year before yes. Bob Dylan said times they are changing rookies and young players now in fantasy football get a lot of points. Especially you look receiver. over the last Especially three years at wide receiver. Yeah. You look at the last three years over wide receivers. The guys that have scored the most, they're right there amongst the elite receivers it's every time. It's a different right deal. <coughs> look, look, look at baseball. They just had their All-Star game, which ridiculous. What, 76 players are in the All-Star game? Yeah. But there was... How many? Twenty that were twenty. Twenty players. This is a record that were twenty-five or younger. Yes. Now look also at like uh, at, the, at hockey and who are like these amazing players. These are all like twenty-five and younger. Whatever reason, there is something. You know, there's there are Stop shifts and there are times. There were seven of them that were uh, had been there three three times, times already. already. Okay. Before they were twenty-five. Here's the crazy thing though. There's it's insane. There are ger- generational gaps and splits, and you can see it in football and all other sports too, where all of a sudden something changed, where athletes just took a major step. It, it's we are in specialization that. We're, we're in high the, we're, well, we're in that. We're in that role in that Junior. breadth of that role right now, where we're starting to see it's not just a LeBron or it's not just you know one of these one-offs. It's it's a group. And it's a strong group, and then, and for whatever reason, that group has pushed everyone else in the group to be better and everything else. Well, I love your point where you sometimes you brought up even in this draft, and I know it's a big thing you talk about in this podcast. Don't go too heavy on rookies, and I agree with that. I agree. When you got a twenty-two man league or a twenty-four man league like we do, Doug, you got to have some rookies in there. I totally agree with you. Don't go. Don't have a team and look and be like, oh, a lot of upside that you had no. Videotape. Well, that was also or, a thing when I remember like, one of our text messages. How many more draft spots do we have? Or best spots do? Yeah. And he texts back eleven. We're halfway through. I think I went like at that point in my mind, I, I had a, a little sigh. Of, oh, oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, I get yeah, eleven yeah. more. Oh, 11 we can more do whatever positions. the fuck we want right now. Huh? Absolutely. So while I agree with your thing, don't go too rookie heavy. Don't go crazy, but don't be scared of the rookies that you really think can do it in their rookie year. You might not be right. They might shit the bed, but it happens. I mean, just the overall recap of our team. We've got two top fifteen QBs in our t- in our system and our ratings. Uh, Collective tiers, Pyro. And then we've got two of our top six running backs, and then three of our top twenty. Uh, and then after that, we've got a little bit of depth that we like. Thanks. What up? And then we've got, you know, as I said, five of our top thirty receivers. 
two of our top 11 tight ends. But, but the best one is Bennett, who we have as a zero number six tight end. Yeah, number six. And where do we draft? Ninth round? Uh, ten. Ten? That's, that's just, you know, the proof in the pudding again. Value. That you don't need to be jumping early. This is a 12 team. Do you remember what I was saying when we were taking Yeah. Do you remember what we were saying when we were taking Let's wait and go for Ertz. Right. Or not Ertz, sorry. Eifert. Eifert. And we got Eifert in what? 14th or 15th? 14th. 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 And we got him. And Martellus came back. We're not going to take another tight end. We're not going to take another quarterback. Even though they have the same bye week. But we don't care. Yes. We're going to get another QB, by the way. Maybe. Thursday. Johnny. Football. I mean... But nobody else is a starter left. Johnny <laughs> football. Just Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, and all those guys have gone. Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. He might have went. If Johnny Football is a starter and we have him on our team, he's gonna be up. Score two blast. fantasy points for you like <laughs> one week last season. Fair enough. I'm not, we I get points for Ron. I down down the road. Fine, Tebow. <laughs> Let's go. Hold on. I'm on one I'm on one I'm on one knee. I'm Tebowing it. In the 22nd round, if Tebow's there, might not be a terrible call. It's our first drop. Then we definitely have the Eagles starter. I'll give you that. And we'll have God on our side. (laughs) First drop. Anything anything else we want to talk about? If not, high five. Dog Manica. Love you, buddy. You're the shite. You don't like leaning forward. Nice work. 185. 185. 185. We got 15 to 200. Guys, we love you. Listening to us, the listens are way up. Obviously, the season's heavy. Buy the draft kit. Give us a review. Give us some love. Join us on Facebook. Twitter's a lot of hot action happening. Come on. Give At the bottom of an op-ed, write a little comment with our disgust. It's a piece of cake. You log in with Facebook, Twitter, or create an account. Pyro Pro is going to be launching at the end of this month. I got a lot of work to do. We've all got a lot of work to get it. But in July, we will be launching fucking Pyro Pro. I told my developers this. They're scared shitless. Uh, but we're doing it. Buy that friggin' draft kit. I love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us on this journey. This has been an old school Pyro podcast because we're nearing three hours. And it's been a while since we hit three hours. Yeah. If you love it, you love it. If you don't, check out Matthew Barry. If you don't, you turn this off after 25 yeah. minutes. Right? Yeah. So whatever, you're with yeah. it. Tell them about the music. The music is Beastie Boys. Stag Party said, you know what? We were talking and we were giving out the to-dos. No sleep till kickoff. We were doing to-dos yesterday on Basecamp, our uh, project management system. And we're all realized how screwed we are and how much work we got to do. So Stag Party, who's never actually given a suggestion once on audio, but got his first one, said, you know what? It's no sleep till Brooklyn, no sleep till draft day. Um, we're rocking that. And then the second song is off Paul's Boutique. Seminal, which, unbelievable which, album. Uh, unbelievable Unbelievable album. album. One of the game changers. This is a sound of silence. Science. Yeah. Science. Uh, the sounds of science. Sounds of Too science. Too many IPAs, I guess. Can't yeah. remember the name yeah. anymore. Hey, hey I just why it costs fifteen bucks a six. Blinded me with science. I've been up since eight o'clock Eastern time. Drove back to Chicago tonight. We've all had a long day, but it's been a long one. Here's what I'll say: the beat, the Beatles uh, track that they use at the end of this song is the best Beastie Boys moment around. Let's do it. We love you. Love you, fellas.
She would trust with the whole funness of her party. She wants to fuck me. She wants my dick in and around her mouth. Did you ever think that maybe she's just using you to get her alcohol? She doesn't want your dick. Yes, of course I thought of that. That's like the first thing that came to my mind. Just listen. My older brother always says like the nastiest shit. Like he called me Hyman until I was 12. Seth, I want to blow you. Now, she didn't say that. Come on. She didn't say the second part, but the first part. She's got an older brother. And she could have asked him, but she asked me. She looked me in the eyes and said, Seth, Mom is making a pubie salad, and I need some Seth's own dressing. She's DTF. She's down to fuck, man. Yeah. P and V G. She wants to fuck, man. Tonight is a night that fucking is an actual possibility.